MRN's Throwback Thursday, brought to you by Sunoco, also sponsored by Hercules Tire. Ride on our strength. This is Ken Squire. Time now for MRN.com's Throwback Thursday, classic NASCAR races from the Motor Racing Network's Race Archives. From Atlanta International Raceway in Hampton, Georgia, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network, with coverage of the Atlanta Journal 500 NASCAR Winston Cup Series event. Your host for today's Atlanta Journal 500 broadcast is Barney Hall. Good afternoon, everyone, from Atlanta International Raceway. I think the last two weekends, the weather has just been magnificent, making up for some of the rainouts we've had a little bit earlier in the season. And the crowd is beginning to pour in here at Atlanta to witness what will be the last East Coast appearance for the Winston Cup drivers in 1982. And I think they're going to be treated. Well, there's no doubt. There's no think to it. It should be the best race of the year right here at Atlanta this afternoon. So many things are going down. Mike Joy, it's, I said the other day, I was quoted, I think, as saying that nothing surprised me in stock car racing anymore. But I had to eat those words this week because the Junior Johnson deal with Warner Hodgson certainly caught me by surprise along with everybody else in the garage area. And the driver changes that continue to materialize, it's just amazing what's going on in racing right now. As the temperatures get warmer here, Barney, for Indian summer, so does the grist from the rumor mill, and so does the Winston Cup point chase. Some of the positions in the top ten are as few as just five points apart with only two races left to run. The race for the championship, of course, ends two weeks from today at Riverside, California in the Winston Western 500, and there's hardly any doubt in anyone's mind that the championship will go to Riverside and will be decided there along with the rest of the point fund paying spots in the chase for the Winston Cup. Well, there's so much at stake here at Atlanta this afternoon, as you pointed out, with just two races remaining, and we'll be here throughout the day to bring it all to you. Let's go down trackside to Ned Jarrett, who's making the Bush Pole Position Award. Will be a record. Bush paid $1,200 for the pole at each of the NASCAR Winston Cup races. Then at the end of the season, the driver who wins the most poles gets 25000 in cold cash from the smooth days of this year. Darrell Walker has already wrapped up that $25,000 for This year, there's something new on the Bush Bowl Award. There's a second round passing qualifier award. $500 goes to that driver. And then... Next week, or week after next, in Riverside, California, there will be a drawing for a wild card entry into the Bush play. Ron Bichard with the second round pass and qualifier here for the Atlanta Journal 500, and here to present him with his flag is Ray Gender of Gender Distributing Company of Griffith. Presentation being made to Ron Bouchard, the fastest second round qualifier in his Jack Beebe Race Hill Farms Buick. Picking up $500 from Bush Beer. I'd like to thank Bush very much for everything they've done here for racing, and I'd like to thank you for this fight. And for Morgan Shepard winning his second Bush Bowl of the 1982 season, here to present that award. It's 
presentation being made to Morgan Shepard. That's his second bush pull, Barney. And now from Gillette, Atra, the Morgans had a pretty good year. And I think the only thing that has been missing in that team this year is a win for them. He'd like to close out the season with a win for the Levi Garrett team. He's quite a race driver. He's, he's kind of like Darrell Walker in a way. When he came on the scene, he's had more than his share of controversy one way or another. But you can't take the thing away from the man as far as what he does on the racetrack. He told us yesterday he was really tickled to win the pole for this race. Right. Uh, well, everything just worked well for us, you know. And, uh, but it, uh, it really tickles me to get a super speedway pole. And anyhow, you know. Morgan Shepard on the pole with his Levi Garrett Buick at a speed of over 166 miles per hour to set the pole here. Not a new record, didn't break Cale Yarbrough's qualifying mark, but was good enough to capture the pole and that Bush Beer qualifying money. And as we said, I think the fans today that have come out to see the last appearance on the East Coast for the Winston Cup drivers will certainly be treated to one of the most exciting shows they've ever seen at this racetrack. And this is a racetrack where you can flat do some hard-nosed racing. They really get down to it here. Going in the corners, if you got a little bit of nerve, you can shove them in there three wide, and frequently you'll see that here at Atlanta. And I expect to see it most of the afternoon. As to far as what the strategy might be between Darrell Waltrip and Bobby Allison, if you talk to both those men about the national championship, both will just immediately say, hey, this is just another race. We're out here to win. We'll let the points fall where they may. But somewhere deep down in the pit of their stomach, there's got to kind of be a knot there. And I guess in one sense, it's like Bobby told me yesterday afternoon down there. He said, really? There is some pressure there. You try to kind of work around it, and he said, once you get into the race, he said, the harder I try to win, the less pressure there seems to be, and I don't think about it. I think about winning the race, and that's probably going to be the key here this afternoon because it's the same thing here it was at Rockingham. Either one of these drivers could leave here in super good shape, and one of them could leave here in awfully bad shape, but the fans, and I think everybody in the garage, Mike Joy, kind of hopes they may go to Riverside with no more than say 10 or 15 points between the two out there. It'd be great to see a shootout rather than a situation where one driver would, would just wait for the other to hope to break or fall far enough behind that then he could go racing and protect a point lead. I talked to Richard Petty about that yesterday, and he's a man who has certainly seen his share of point chases. And he says in situations like this, the best part of the whole weekend is when you can climb inside that race car and lower that window net between you and the whole rest of the world and just get rid of all the external pressure, all the people asking you about the pressure of the point chase and the way things are going, and just put all that aside and concentrate on the business of driving. He says that's the best part of the whole weekend for him. He can get away from everything, just get out on the car and do what he loves doing best, and that is get out there and compete. And I'm sure that the fellows that are wrapped up in this Winston Cup point chase, just 37 points separating Bobby Allison, who is the runner-up to Darrell Waltrip at this point, just those slim 37 points. That's all the difference as we go into the next to the last race of the season. Well, we talk about how much pressure is on the drivers. There has to be a ton of pressure on both, both race teams. Every crew member in that team that has something to do with that race car also has to begin to feel the pressure about this time of year and has for the last three or four races. Had a chance to talk with Gary Nelson yesterday, uh, just a couple of minutes, about the pressure that might be on his young racing team this year, maybe more so than there was Junior Johnson's team because they've been through it before and they pulled the championship out last year. They pulled out three in a row with Cale Yarbrough. Gary says they're not about to fold their tent. They'll play the string out right to the end. You're right. The uh, car owners, the sponsor, everybody involved, Bobby, have all talked to every member of the crew, and we've all talked to each other. And We're just going to do the same thing we've been doing to get where we are. We feel we've had such a great season. We're not disappointed at all if, you know, if we end up second. You know, it's not, nothing to be ashamed of to finish second to Junior Johnson and Darrell. They're a great team. If we can beat them, it's going to be that much better. Their field beginning to climb into their car, so let's get into the starting lineup for you. 
Starting back in 40th position is Philip Duffy of Augusta, Georgia. The U.S. Duffy Sand and Gravel Racing Buick. Jerry Bowman of Charlotte, North Carolina will be starting in the 39th spot. He is in the Bowman Racing Oldsmobile. In row number 19, the coal miner from Pikeville, Kentucky, Farrell Harris in the Franklin Music Park Racing Pontiac and J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina in the Bailey Excavating Pontiac. In the 18th row will be Marty Robbins of Nashville, Tennessee in the Robbins Racing Buick. And Marty was really tickled to get in the field. Uh, yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I hate for anybody to be bumped, you know, and not make it become, you know, it becomes a race, you know. Some of them might do it for the fun of it. I do it just for the fun of it, you know. But uh, I'm glad that I made it. Uh, I know that it's not it's not my driving that beat the other drivers. It's my car. You know, I got a good decent car. Some of the others didn't have didn't have maybe the horsepower that I have because I'm, I'm not really that good a driver, you know. But I got in, so uh, I'm going to have a good time tomorrow. Marty Robbins, who will be starting in the field, and as we said, he is very happy to make the starting lineup. Tommy Gale of Elizabeth, Pennsylvania, starts the Sunny King Ford and Honda Racing Ford in the 18th row. In the 17th row is Glenn Jarrett of Hickory, North Carolina, the Budweiser Light Ford. He's hoping for a good, strong finish here today. Also in that 17th row is Dave Marcus of Skyland, North Carolina, in the Buck Stove and Hudson's Transmissions Buick. In row number 16, Travis Tiller, the coal miner from Coburn, Virginia, the Ring Enterprises Buick, along with Bartow, Florida driver Rick Wilson and the Wilson Racing Oldsmobile. In the 15th row, Buddy Errington of Martinsville, Virginia, the Motorsports Designs Chrysler Imperial, and 17-year-old Daryl Sage of Murfreesboro, Tennessee in the L-Car Chevrolet. In the 14th row, Rodney Combs, the short track ace from Lost Creek, West Virginia, in the number five Stacy Pack Buick. And driving James Hilton's car is Lenny Pond of Chester, Virginia. That's the Palatine Automotive Chevrolet. In row number 13, Bobby Wawak of Midland, North Carolina, the Superior Piping Chevrolet. And Huntsville, Alabama native Jimmy Means racing out of Forest City, North Carolina, the Broadway Motors Oldsmobile. Starting in 24th position is driver Joe Boer of Fowler, Indiana, in the Demeter Grain Racing Buick. Flanking him in the 12th row is D.K. Elric of Harrisburg, North Carolina, the Pentex Cameras Racing Buick. In the 22nd starting spot, Donnie Allison of Hueytown, Alabama, makes his return to Winston Cup Racing in the Uno Oldsmobile of Haas Ellington. Kyle Petty, Random North Carolina, has the STP Pontiac also in that 11th row. In the 10th row, Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia, the Piedmont Airlines Racing Pontiac. Boy, they'd like to have a win here this afternoon. Cale Yarborough, right in the middle of the field from Sardis, South Carolina, in the Valvoline Buick. They had problems on the first day, lost an engine, didn't get it replaced in time to make it into the field. First round of qualifying. Consequently, he is back in 20th position. Going in the 19th spot, or rather in the 19th spot, 18th spot would be Tim Richmond out of Ashland, Ohio, the J.D. Stacy Buick, flanking Jody Ridley of Chatsworth, Georgia in the J.D. Stacy Junie Don Levy Ford. In 16th, the fastest second-day qualifier picked up $500 from Bush Beer. That's Ron Bouchard of Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Jack Beebe, David Ift, and the crew bolted a new Ducky Newman engine in the car for second-round qualifying and rewarded with that $500 prize in the Race Hill Farms Buick. Inside the eighth row is Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi, in the Yazoo Lawnmowers Pontiac. In row number seven, Mark Martin, the Rookie of the Year candidate from North Liberty, Indiana, and Batesville, Arkansas. That's the Jolly Rancher Candies Buick. And starting 13th, maybe a lucky number today, Richard Petty from Randleville, North Carolina, in his STP Pontiac. Back in 12th position, Benny Parsons, Ellaby, North Carolina, has the Wayman and Bruton Racing Buick. Parsons will be flanked by Buddy Baker of Charlotte, North Carolina, the Bernier Racing Pontiac. In the fifth row, it's Joe Rutman of Newell, North Carolina, and the Pet Dairies Racing Buick, and Bobby Allison of Hueytown, Alabama, and the Gatorade Die Guard Racing Chevrolet. In the fourth row, Dale Earnhardt, Mooresville, North Carolina, starts the Wrangler Ford of Bud Moore, and Neil Bonnet of Hueytown, Alabama, as the Warner Hodgson Ford alongside him in the fourth row. 
In the third row, it'll be Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia, the Melling Tool Racing Ford, and Jeff Bonide of Pleasant Garden, North Carolina, in the Spectrum Furniture Racing Pontiac. In row number four, the defending Winston Cup champion and the point leader is Darrell Walter from Franklin, Tennessee. The junior Johnson-prepared Mountain Dew Buick will start fourth today. Going third, the early season point leader, currently third in the Winston Cup point parade, is Terry Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas, in the Billy Hagan Texas Jeans Stratograph Buick. And on the front row, on the outside pole at 165 and a half miles per hour is Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina, the 711 Skoll Bandit Buick. And on the pole, 166.779 miles per hour, qualifying speed for Morgan Shepard in the Ron Benfield Racing Organization, Levi Garrett, chewing tobacco Buick, prepared by Buddy Parrott. The field is on the pace lap here at Atlanta International Raceway. In one lap, we will be racing at the Atlanta Journal 500. Let's take a quick check around the racetrack down at turn one and two. High atop the turn two banking next to the STP billboard stands Eli Gold. All right, Mike, thank you. And it's a, a panoramic view from uh, the location that we have here. For those who have never been to Atlanta International Raceway, it is not maybe as easy a racetrack to negotiate, to negotiate rather as it might look. The turns are almost two separate turns, a sweeping turn and a fairly tight turn. The banking of 24 degrees, and as the field comes past us now off turn number two and heads down the back straightaway, it's Morgan Shepard and Harry Gant facing the field. We look for the Atlanta Journal 500. Be some critical racing up in three and four this afternoon to cover the action there. Dave Despain. We've got basically a carbon copy of one and two down here, 24-degree banking. The thing about three is you're coming off that backstretch at 180, and you cock it into the turn. You can go a lot of different places on this racetrack depending on how the car is set up and how it's handling. The thing about this race, with all the point battles going on, the excitement out here is just a kick in the head as this field comes rolling by looking for green. 40 cars about ready to get at it on a Sunday afternoon. Just a typical day for the Winston Cup Grand National drivers as they work the banking up in three and four. And that fourth corner will be one of the critical parts of the racetrack this afternoon. Pace car is on pit road as they come down. Tim Flock. Hall of Fame member for the National Motorsports Press Association up in Darlington, South Carolina, is the honorary starter here this afternoon for the Atlanta Journal 500, and he waves the green, and we are racing. Harry Gant gets a little jump on the start as they hit for turn one. Morgan Shepard pulls right back up there as they hit the corner. And Morgan going to shuck it down to the low side, so Morgan Shepard will be out in front with Harry Gant now battling to the high side as they come towards us the first time. Still two by two. It's Labonte and Waltrip right behind with Jeff Bodine on the third row battling with Bill Elliott. They've gone three abreast down the backstretch. High against the wall goes Gant down low on the inside. Comes Labonte. Labonte takes the lead. Bodine will go with him. Morgan Shepard has moved to the top of the racetrack, but it's Labonte off turn four. Labonte came down the back chute like he was shot out of a cannon, and he has the lead as they come to the line. Labonte will lead the first lap. Shepard will ride second. It's a dead heat with that third spot back in turn one. On that third place battle is Dale Earnhardt's right now. He'll work the low side of Jeff Bodine, kicking Bodine back to fourth. Here's a hard-charging Neil Bonnet low on the racetrack. He'll take fourth place away from Bodine in a battle for the lead. The Fords run well at Atlanta. It's a good Ford racetrack. Here comes the Wrangler Ford of Dale Earnhardt charging up on Labonte's rear deck. Meanwhile, down low goes Neil Bonnet. He's got fourth. This is going to be a heck of a battle. On the low side, Labonte and Earnhardt trying to drag out of turn four back to the line it will be Labonte back in front with Earnhardt 
running second. Morgan Shepard third. You can throw a blanket over those next four cars. They go to turn one. Neil Bonnet is there in fourth. The battle for second place. It'll be one downstairs by Earnhardt. Morgan Shepard going high. There's some smoke from the right front of Jeff Bodine. It was tire smoke because they're on the back stretch. Earnhardt looking strong as he works on the leader. Labonte, he wants the inside line. He's got the line and the lead. We remember back to the spring race here when Earnhardt ran so strong on the top of the racetrack. He's got a good line down low today. Earnhardt gets a little high coming into turn number four. He's going to lose the lead as they come back to the line. They are three wide at the start-finish line. Earnhardt still comes back and leads the lap, and they're still three wide for that second place down in turn one. Labonte gets shuffled back to fourth as Earnhardt works now with the lead behind him as Morgan Shepard low. Neil Bonnet in the high side taking third. Labonte is going fourth. Bobby Allison fifth. Steve Moore of Carrollton, Georgia, coast by our turn three position as Earnhardt leads him down the chute. The board's out front. It is Bonnet second. Side by side for third go the pole sitter Morgan Shepard. Labonte and way up to the outside goes Allison. Boy, did he get loose. Allison had a look at going three wide with Joe Rutman and Terry Labonte. Thought better of it and fell back in line. Earnhardt's the leader. Bonnet rides second. Morgan Shepard is third. Labonte is fourth. Then Allison fighting with Joe Rutman for the fifth spot. Seventh will be Jeff Bodine now as Richard Petty moves to the eighth spot coming off third number two. Ninth is Harry Gant. Buddy Baker is fifth. Bill Elliott 11th. Darrell Waltrip, who was up there in fourth starting spot early on, not having much luck here as he tries to make his moves in the pack. Side by side again go the Fords that bought it on the low side, and the tire smoke continues to pour off the Earnhardt machine as he runs it high through three and four. Neil Bonnet grabs the lead away as they come out of that fourth corner, brings them back to the line. Bonnet's in front. Again, they are three wide for that second spot. Dale Earnhardt, Morgan Shepard, and Terry Labonte as they hit turn one. It was Bonnet a winner here last year. He'll try and lead the way right now and will off turn number two. Single file behind him, Earnhardt, Morgan Shepard, Labonte, Bobby Allison, and Joe Whatman. Remember, Allison has worked his way around Waltrip as they battle on that 37-point difference in the point standings. Allison has moved around Waltrip. Waltrip's back about 11th or 12th spot, and he is right behind the outside pole sitter, Harry Gant, who has also faded here. Two Thunderbirds use up every bit of that racetrack back in turn one. Right now, coming out ahead as they head to Eli Go is Dale Earnhardt. He's got Morgan Shepard right behind him. Then the Huey Town hustle, double file. Bobby Allison inside of Bonnet. Allison takes third. As they move down the backstretch, Earnhardt seemingly in command. He can go where he wants to. Morgan Shepard has grabbed that second spot away. Allison moves around his Alabama running mate, Bonnet, to take over the third spot. Bobby is running strong. He wants Darrell Waltrip. Single file, the front three, as they work the banking out of turn four. Back to the line, it's Earnhardt. Shepard and Allison, fourth right now. Bill Elliott, fifth. Joe Rutman, sixth is Neil Bonnet. And, Ned, did you expect him to run this hard, this early going? Marty, there are so many drivers here trying to prove something today. So many of them don't have their plan set for 1983, and this is a race that they can prove themselves. A lot of attention here, so no, it really isn't that big of a surprise to see them running this hard that quick, and boy, what a battle in turn three. Allison inside, wants the lead. Earnhardt holds him off, but Bobby Allison's charge continues. He has taken over second spot behind Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt just refuses to give up that lead. He ran one of the hardest races and one of the smartest races we've seen him run this year at Rockingham last weekend. Bobby Allison goes after the lead on Earnhardt and one. He may get it. It's a dead heat right now entering the turn. Allison down low. He shows the nose in front. Earnhardt goes upstairs. That's what Allison needed. Bobby is in front off turn two. Earnhardt is second, third. Bill Elliott, Morgan suffered fourth. We talked about the charge of the Fords to the front of this field. Bear in mind, Allison started ninth. He's come a long way to lead this race into turn three. Earnhardt is second. Elliott is third, and on the move is Joe Rutman into four spot, Shepard fifth, and then Petty sixth. 
Still back in 19th position, Cale Yarborough just exactly where he started, and for the moment, Cale seems content to let the field do their racing for a while and just take it easy. Allison takes some single file back into turn one. Earnhardt is second as they run right down low on the racetrack. Third spot a little bit higher on the track is Bill Elliott. Fourth is Rutman. Fifth is Shepard. Richard Petty is sixth. Neil Bonn is seventh. Jeff Bodine is eighth. Buddy Baker is ninth, and Terry Labonte is tenth. Ah, oh, do we sense good judgment here? The boys have run single file down the straightaway that time. You can't go three abreast all day without somebody getting into trouble. Allison leads them. Everybody else says, let's let Bobby have a lap. Well, in 10 laps, we've had five lead changes already. Allison is on the point here for the second lap in a row. Then Earnhardt, Elliott, Rutman. In fifth is Morgan Shepard. Richard Petty started 13th. He's up to the sixth spot as they go to turn one. Still Neil Bonnet going seventh in the eighth position. Right behind him is Bodine. Buddy Baker is going ninth. And Terry Labonte tenth. A good 11th place battle between Tim Richmond inside of Harry Gant. Then Benny Parsons and Darrell Walter. Joe Rutman impressive here as he comes up through traffic moving into that fourth spot. Rutman one of those guys that Ned Jarrett mentioned with something to prove. He'll be coming out of that car at the end of this season. Rutman now fourth. Dale Earnhardt's crew really has done some work on that Wrangler Ford because Earnhardt is running awfully high up in three and four and still able to hold his position on the racetrack. They have that car dialed in and handling it truly is the key to winning a race here at Atlanta. They're back in turn one with Allison the leader. He's going around a slower car of Joe Boer. He'll take everybody else with him. Meanwhile, Bodine trying to make a bid for sixth spot inside of Neil Bonnet. Further to that uh, Earnhardt story, Barney, he's, he ran low in getting to the front, but he is, in fact, able to run high now, and that is a rerun of the spring race here when he was so strong and led it for a long time. He could run either high or low on the racetrack. That's this hard one, to do here. This is one of Earnhardt's favorite racetracks. He enjoys running here in Atlanta, but the young gentleman on the move right now is Bill Elliott. It is his hometown. His folks just live up the road, and he certainly wants to put on a show this afternoon, and he's been doing it. He's battling for the second spot right now with Joe Rutman. But he'll go a bit higher in the turn. Rutman tries to take advantage of it, but Elliott battles him on the back stretch. Elliott's got a lot of nerve. He's a charger, and the folks up in Dawsonville have turned out en masse to watch him try to win here today. Elliott has second spot, and he's after Bobby Allison at turn four. Allison has led a lap, and that's five very important Winston Cup bonus points to every driver that leads a lap. He has led, Waltrip has not. That narrows the chase for the championship to 32 points as Allison leads them to turn one. It's still single file except back at seventh spot where again Bodine battles Bonnet. Likewise back in fifth, Richard Petty going to the high side, trying to grab a spot away from Morgan Shepard. He can't do it, but he'll try it again. Bear in mind that Waltrip has faded into the ruck here. He started fourth, but is nowhere to be seen among the lead draft as Petty makes another move and picks up a spot. That will give Richard sixth position as they work turns three and four. Kyle is back in the next pack of cars, about seven or eight positions back. Young Bill Elliott hangs on to the second spot. Behind Bobby Allison, he told me yesterday this is his home track, and he just has to try a little bit harder right here. I've always qualified here. I've had, believe me, I do. There's a, I got a lot of fans that come here, and, you know, I do, I try to do my best here, but, you know, I try to everywhere, but it just seems like I try to put a little bit of extra effort in when I come here. Bobby Allison's got his work cut out for him right now. They've caught the tail end of the field, and they'll start working some of the back markers right now and have to thread their way through traffic single file they work into turn one they go around travis tiller to the high side now have to get by the darrell saves automobile allison takes the leaders outside all the slower cars go down low you see these guys cooperate when they're working traffic elliott has backed off allison by about a car length to give everybody a little more room likewise rutman in third earnhardt is right on rutman's rear deck he doesn't want to let the leaders get away you got about six car lengths from first to fourth 
They're not doing any foolish racing in the early going here. Here's Allison back to the line. He's in front. Elliott rides second. Rutland is third. Fourth right now is Earnhardt. Fifth is Morgan Shepard. Sixth is Jeff Bodine. Seventh is Richard Petty. They're still single file in the east end of the track. Eighth is Buddy Baker now as the field continues to work its way off turn number two and down the back straightaway. Ninth is going to be the Darrell Waltrip automobile. Tenth for Jim Richmond. Labonte 11. Benny Parsons 12th. Harry Gann 13th. Richard Petty 14th. Neil Bonnet 15th. Waltrip's a little bit of a surprise that he's back that far. He knows Allison has led a lap, and that 32-point difference, of course, is the key to the championship. I'm looking for Waltrip to make some moves here. Out of turn four, back to the front straightaway. That was Kyle Petty back in the 14th spot. Richard is still up with the lead pack, running up toward the sixth position. Field strung out, single file, lapped cars down to the inside as they go back to turns one and two. Again, they move around Marty Robbins' automobile. No trouble spotting that one. Dale Earnhardt looks at the inside of Rutman. He won third place. They've got some moves to make here. Looks like Earnhardt wants the low side of the racetrack. He's got it on Rudman. He will take over third spot as they hit turn three. Earnhardt now will set after the leaders, Allison and Bill Elliott, who are hooked up in a tight draft. They draft right out of that fourth corner. They've picked through the back markers, at least quite a few of them already. Have a little daylight ahead right now, but for the moment, it looks like the race has settled down. And then, Jared, I guess you see this every time we come here, and at most of the, particularly the mile-and-a-half speedways, you'll see eight and ten cars test each other in the early five or six laps. Then they'll start kind of falling by the wayside and dropping back a bit. Well, I tell you, this track is designed so, Barney, that it really puts a premium on both the driver and the race cars. Drafting is a very critical factor here, but with each turn taking up a half a mile, each straightaway only a quarter of a mile, sometimes the cars will run very strong early while the tires are cool, and then if the chassis is not dialed in just exactly right, it begins to tell before too long, and sometimes you'll see that happening as some of the cars that were up there fighting for the lead a little bit earlier now are dropping back a little bit, and I'm sure they're looking forward to that first pit stop when they can make some adjustments. Probably the biggest drop back has been Neil Bonnet. He was fighting for the lead moments ago. He slipped back to the 15th spot. One driver that we talked to you about two weeks ago from Rockingham when we got rained out that was in the hospital and mending was Tommy Gale who had hit the wall in practice and qualifying for that race. Nonetheless, he's out there today in Elmo Langley's, Langley's race car. Doesn't feel too bad. Well, I feel pretty good now, Barney. My ribs is awful sore yet. And it'll be a while, you know. With my age, it takes a little longer than, than a young one to come out of it, but I feel pretty decent. The doctor didn't like the idea at all about being here, but uh, I'm probably only going to run a few laps anyway. Tommy says racing is good therapy. He is just about turned 50, and he's expected to turn the controls of that car over to racing's elder statesman on the circus, uh, Dick May Circuit. Well, circus, yeah, it is. Dick May is 51, and he'll get into that car shortly. Well, Dick May is quite a race driver. I don't think there's a race car out there at one time or another. Dick May hasn't made a few laps in from Junior Johnson's team all the way back to the tail end of the field. Here's the leaders across the line. Allison, Bobby is still in front. Bill Elliott rides second. And Allison has really pulled all the stops out. The man is racing as hard as we've ever seen him race. And he jumped on me up there at Rockingham last weekend and said, hey, I run hard everywhere I go and I come to win. But it seems you can just kind of sense it a little bit, at least here in the booth to me, it appears that Bobby is running a little harder. If he wins the championship, he wants there to be no doubt. Hey, we ran for it right down to the wire. Well, the point battle is so close at 37 points, and it could be Allison's idea that not only does he need to get out and lead a lap, but try to lead the most laps and pick up five more points 
apparently he's very confident that he's got a strong horse under him, that that car will go the distance. He's just trying to stay out front as long as he can. Here's a bid for second place in turn number one. Dale Earnhardt tries to the high side of Bill Elliott's car, but he keeps drifting higher. So Elliott scoots away, holding down second spot, and now Rutman is going to challenge Earnhardt for third. Other side of that Allison story, of course, is that at Rockingham he did lead the most laps. He got the five-point bonus for that. And so even though Darrell Waltrip won the race, Allison came out of there without losing any points. It was 37 points difference going in, 37 points coming out. Bobby knows what it's worth to lead the most laps. And Bobby also felt pretty good to get away from Rockingham in the shape they did last week, even though he was man enough to admit he could have given a dozen excuses for spinning the car out down in turn one. He didn't do it. We talked with him about that yesterday. Well, that's true. Uh, Barney, we've been working real hard uh, all year long, but had a little problem here over the last month, month and a half. And we feel like we really got things going back our way at Rockingham and uh, really dominated the race. Uh, feel like we definitely had the other guys beat. And, uh, of course, I made an error going out of pit road. It was the wrong time and the wrong place to make that kind of a mistake. That's been cost us the win. And, uh, you know, being that we did win, lead the most laps, we, uh, we tied points with Walter, but we still feel like that... Uh, we're to be reckoned with, and I'm real, real pleased with the effort the guys have put out. Uh, I just hope that we can go on these last couple races and not make any mistakes, not give any away like we did there. Bobby Allison, who I think the, has to be the sentimental favorite all the way, as Ed Hinton pointed out in Grandstand Commentary. Secretly, I think almost everybody in this business is pulling for him to win his first championship. He brings them back to the start-finish line by about three or four car lengths ahead of Bill Elliott. There's been a heck of a battle going on the last five or six laps around for that second spot between Elliott and Dale Earnhardt as they work the banking at turn two. About five, six laps ago, Earnhardt tried Elliott on the high side. Last time by, he tried him on the low side. But again, it's still Elliott holding off second-place challenges. I didn't want to interrupt that uh, Bobby Allison story, Barney, but just a lap ago right here, Earnhardt and Elliott got so close, they were swapping a little paint. You can do that down the straightaway, but you do that in the middle of this 24-degree banking, and you're going to give each other a thrill, and they did it. It was close. 32 laps, 48 miles complete here in the Atlanta Journal 500. Bobby Allison brings them off turn number four. Bill Elliott locked onto his back bumper. Four car lengths back. Earnhardt, Rutman, and Morgan Shepard all tied together. Then Jeff Bodine and Richard Petty as they hit turn one. Going in the eighth spot, Buddy Baker now, as he'll be the only other car among the immediate leaders who is within shouting distance of the number one automobile. They go by Darrell Sage's automobile as he comes off pit road. They're on the back stretch. Interesting how the pace of the race seems to change. It looked like the lead quartet were going to get away. Now suddenly there is Morgan Shepard again with Jeff Bodine and Richard Petty threatening to hook it all back up again and make a seven-car draft out of it. Seven cars are in that lead draft, just about a half a car length apart as they come out of the banking and turn four back to the line. Elliott took a look on the inside, now tucks it back in. He's waiting for Bobby Allison to give him a little running room, and he's going after the lead. They're in turn two. Bill Elliott is a hard charger also. He is not content to sit back. He's always looking. He's got Earnhardt, though, filling that rear view mirror. And we all know Earnhardt. They'll try and shuffle it up in six spots. Inside goes Elliott. Does he have room? He wants to put his move on Bobby Allison right now. Allison hangs in the groove. Elliott cannot get by on the low side. It's Allison, Elliott, Earnhardt off turn four. And wisely, Dale Earnhardt sees that Elliott's trying to get by on the inside. He tucks in behind to give him a little extra push or a little draft. 
as they work back in turn one. It's a battle for the lead door to door. This time, though, it's Earnhardt who gets in behind Allison. Now he'll give the push to Earnhardt, or at least I should say to Bill Elliott. It's Elliott staying down low. Allison still side by side. They're going to go down the back stretch that way. They've got a slow car to whip around now. Everybody's out of the way, and they've got racing room. And now here comes Earnhardt to make it three wide as they go into turn three. Thinks better of it. Hooks in behind Elliott. Boy, they're going after it. As they come off four, it is side by side. Bill Elliott and Bobby Allison. Elliott has the jump on the low side of the racetrack, and the tow-headed Georgia driver will take the lead. Bill Elliott, the milling tool Thunderbird, leads them across. Allison led for 25 laps. Elliott goes in front on lap 36. Caution is on the speedway here in Atlanta. A crash in turn two. Let's go to Eli Gold. It was Marty Robbins midway between turn one and two. Barney, all of a sudden, the car just came around on him. It went sideways and uh, continued to skitter up towards the wall. The follow-up car was that of Donnie Allison driving Hoss Ellington's Uno-sponsored automobile. And Donnie had to make a quick decision. He could either go high or go low. He went high, found himself in the wall. And that car has come to rest on the apron of turn two with a good bit of front-end damage. Both drivers are okay. Well, it was very close to being a multi-car incident out in turn number two. Bill Elliott won the race back to the caution stripe, so he will remain the leader. It's expected most of the drivers will go to pit road as Marty Robbins' car is parked down at turn number two. Again, nobody injured. Everybody is okay. No one made contact with the wall. And as they head for feeding time on pit road, let's go to Ned Jarrett. Everybody taking advantage of this caution period. Many of them wanted a caution, Mike, because, uh, as we mentioned earlier, they might need some adjustments. One of those will be Neil Bonney once he comes into the pits. They planned to make some major adjustments on that car. As you pointed out, he was dropping back in the field. Most of them were in to change right side tires, take on a tank of Union 76 gasoline, clean the windshield, clean the uh, radiator grill, and they'll send them back on their way. This will give them an opportunity. Morgan Shepard is changing all four tires, or his crew is, on the Levi Garrett car. And it'll give them an opportunity to check those tires over, see how take the temperature of the tires, and just see where they do need to make adjustments, if indeed they do. Glenn Jarrett, just before the caution came out, had pulled the Budweiser light forward into the pit area. The hood's up on that car, so it looks like Glenn might be out of it here today. Terry Labonte picked up the lead under this, the first caution of the afternoon. It comes out in lap number 37. Up in turn number two, let's go back to Eli Gold for a brief update in the second corner. Again, we must mention the drivers are okay. Donnie Allison is in one of the NASCAR trucks. He'll be given a ride around. Likewise, Marty Robbins surveying the damage. There is a little debris on the racetrack. Marty's car got sideways between one and two. He was up in the traffic. A bit of a kiss to the wall. Donnie Allison came along, had to decide, Mike, whether to go high or go low. He went upstairs and uh, put the nose of the Uno car in the wall. But again, aside from car damage, the drivers are okay and some track cleanup, and we should be racing here very shortly. Glenn Jarrett's car is being pushed behind the wall. You heard Marty Robbins earlier in our broadcast tell you that he doesn't think too much of his abilities as a driver, although he does have a lot of fun out here, really enjoys racing, and the fellows enjoy having him out here. But as we found out a couple of years ago, Marty's a much better driver than some of these guys are singers. Yeah, that's what I always tell him. I said, I've heard you guys sing now. <laughs> <laughs> although Darrell Walter, now Darrell's a pretty good singer. You got, I'd have to watch. Got to keep my eye on Darrell in case he ever gets out of that race car. He might, he might start singing. <laughs> Still under this first caution of the day at Atlanta International Raceway. Had a chance to chat with uh, Richard Petty yesterday down in the garage area. And I asked him, I said, does it tickle you to see a fellow like Marty Robbins come out here and race and, and show a lot of respect for how tough this business is as compared to his own? Well, yeah, it really does. You know, Marty's been through a lot. He's had two or three heart attacks and been operated on two or three times. And then he comes back out here and, and, and enjoys himself. And I like to see anybody enjoy themselves because... I, I know what kind of business I'm in and how tough it is. 
and I and music business is no different. He works and he, you know, he spends a lot of time with the fans and with just trying to make a living out of it and, and doing a good job with. It. And this is his way of of entertaining himself. You know what I mean? In other words, he doesn't sit around and listen to himself sing or something like that. He comes out here, he enjoys the racing people. They're his kind of people. The fans are his kind of fans. And so from that standpoint, he kills two birds with one stone. He sort of does a little advertising on the sign, and then he just has a whale of a time doing it. Well, if Marty races to entertain himself, Richard, what do you do? You're not much of a singer. No, <laughs> I, I listen to Marty sing, I guess, is my entertainment. I get it. I'm like Marty. I get in that race car. And uh, that's my entertainment, I guess. Uh, I got other things I do, but most of the time uh, I don't do them that regular. Racing is about the only thing I do regular. Let's go to the garage area and Jerry Punch. Well, we're standing with Glenn Jarrett, second generation driver. Glenn, a short afternoon for the Budweiser Light Ford. What happened? Uh, well, yeah, Jerry, this has been kind of short, and this was, you were one person I hope I wouldn't have to talk to today. Uh, we've got an internal engine problem, either uh, a broken valve or a split cylinder wall or something. The car got terrifically hot just in a matter of a couple laps and uh, it pushed all the water out of it so uh, we're through for the day that's the story from the garage let's go to pit road and ned practically everybody came in during this uh caution period mike most of them are back out there now excepting ron bouchard is on pit road now in the car number 47 they are uh, have been under the hood, I should say, and are making an adjustment on the chassis, filling it up with gasoline. But there were a lot of uh, chassis changes uh, up and down pit road. Dave Marcus goes back out in the Buck Stove car. But uh, they do like a, a fairly early caution because if the car is not dialed in just exactly right, then this gives them an opportunity to make those changes. And we might see some cars running up front that we did not see in the early going. So we're still under caution here. Daryl Sage is the first car behind the safety car, and then Bobby Allison, who's gone back into the lead. Thus far, he has led the most laps, led 26 under green during a period when nobody else could lead more than two or three laps. As Terry Labonte grabbed the lead on the first lap. On the third lap, it was Dale Earnhardt, and two laps later, Neil Bonnet went up front. Earnhardt again for two laps, and then Allison was out front for 26 before Bill Elliott grabbed the lead just prior to the caution flag. Well, we'll take you a little further back in the field because everybody has made their regular pit stop, a change of four tires, as Ned Jarrett explained, uh, on most of the front-running cars anyway. The leader is Bobby Allison. Bill Elliott rides second. Third is Morgan Shepard. In fourth position right now, Bodine. Fifth is Richard Petty. Sixth is Darrell Waltrip. Seventh is Dale Earnhardt. Eighth is Tim Richmond. Ninth is Rick Wilson. In tenth spot is Cale Yarborough. Eleventh should be Harry Gant. In eighth position, Joe Rutman. And riding along in ninth spot right now uh, appears to be Benny Parsons' car. And that's the way they're running after this rash of pit stops. It looks like it's still going to be a few minutes before we'll be getting back to green. I guess the thing that kind of shook everybody in the racing world this week, as we said when we first came on the air, it takes a lot to shock us in this business, but we've been shocked a couple of times in the last week or so, and the announcement that was made here this week that Junior Johnson had sold half of his racing operation to California businessman Warner Hodgson. I asked Junior yesterday, just what does that entail, Junior? How, how, when does it go into effect, and could you explain a little bit about it for us? Well, uh, Barney, it's effect right now as far as Warner and myself is concerned. Uh, but in 1983, it just uh, continues as it has prior to uh, Warner buying in. And when I say that, it's uh, prior is when uh, I signed a contract with Pepsi-Cola and, and uh, Daryl, it was basically for a three-year deal. 1983 completes that three-year deal with both uh, Daryl and Pepsi-Cola. And then in 1984, it becomes a no uh, negotiable deal 
And uh, then at that point in time, we hope to be able to negotiate with Pepsi and also Daryl and, and maintain Daryl in a second car with Neil Barnett coming aboard in 1984. Uh, we certainly don't, and I express this very strongly, uh, don't intend to try to place Daryl with Neil Barnett because we want Daryl to be a part of what we've done, and uh, I think it's a, a good thing for him to take a long look at it, and also I'm sure in the long run it'd be good for me, Warner, and Neil, and Daryl all to stay together because our long-range plan is uh, is for that boys to make a lot of money and, and uh, you know, us to have a dominant factor in, in racing. So. Junior Johnson explaining his deal with Warner Hodgson, and for the moment, he says in 1983, there will be no change in his operation. Darrell Waltrip and the team will stay together, but in 1984, probably two cars. We're getting ready to go back to green here at the Atlanta Raceway in the Atlanta Journal 500 with Bobby Allison right back up front. Bill Elliott, same place he was when the caution came out a moment ago in the second spot. Morgan Shepard is third. Bodine is fourth, and fifth is Richard Petty. As they come down to the line, Harold Kinder waves the green, and they get back to business as usual. Allison gets away a little bit by a couple of car lengths and heads back to turn one. So they'll hold down single file for the top five or six. Everybody else now trying to struggle around some of the race traffic. As they set themselves off turn two, the leaders will be single file. Allison, Elliott, Morgan Shepard, Jeff Bodine, Richard Petty, six now is Walter. Well, the faces up front are pretty familiar, although there are some new interlopers. Walter is showing some life after the pit stop, and it'll be interesting to see how Earnhardt, who is currently seventh, how quickly he can reel in and perhaps move around that lead draft. Waltrip is up to that sixth spot. It'll be Bobby Allison on the point out of turn number four. Bill Elliott in second has a look down to the inside. Does not get the lead, but almost comes right up alongside Allison's door as they go to turn one. And he takes the lead. Bill Elliott does here in turn number one. So Allison relegated to second spot. He'll go high off turn two. Opens the door for Morgan Shepard. Shepard can't take advantage. He'll hold third. Bodina's fourth. Richard Cuddy fifth. When Elliott passed Allison early in the race, it was impressive how quickly he was able to pull away. Equally impressive now as Elliott goes around. Allison takes the lead. Shepard moves to third. Bodine is fourth. Richard Petty is outside in fifth. After that rash of pit stops and a few chassis adjustments here and there, it's put about eight or nine cars right back up there. The lead draft, young Bill Elliott has the point as he heads back to turn number one. And meanwhile, Richard Petty goes around the high side of Jeff Bodine, takes away the fourth position from him. Everybody holding single file with the exception of Waltrip now, who will go high to get around Tim Richmond. And now challenge Dale Earnhardt trying to sneak down the back stretch. That's a good three-car battle, and they're about four or five car lengths behind Bodine, who is now on the tail end of the lead. Six cars check that negative five-car draft. Earnhardt breaks away from Richmond by perhaps a couple of car lengths and goes after the leaders. Richard Petty scratching and clawing up on the high side. It's taken him a lap to get by Jeff Bodine, and Bodine comes right back and battles with him on the low side of the racetrack. That's the battle on the race track for the fourth spot in turn one. And it's going to be Bodine as Richard Petty again characteristically goes just a little bit higher. Bodine grabs fourth spot. Further back, good battles. Kyle Petty, Rick Wilson, and a host of others staggering it back as the leaders are single file. Elliott and Allison have opened up a couple of car lengths over Morgan Shepard as they draft single file through. Elliott showing the way. Shepard has two car lengths on the Bodine Petty battle as they come off four. The front eight positions have just about a car length between them locked 
in a tight draft back to the line. It's Elliott in front, Bobby Allison second, Morgan Shepard third, fourth is Bodine, fifth is Richard Petty. And for the moment, Eli Gold, they seem content to run that way. They're going to stabilize for a minute again with the new tires, cars with new chassis setups. They'll get to see exactly how they're running. The leader's coming by us. And again, after staggering just a bit on the turn, it's single file. The leaders may be running single file, but there's a great battle back about 10 cars going three abreast on the backstretch. And among the principals in that battle is Neil Bonnet, who's trying to scramble his way back to the front. He's also got Harry Gant with him, and Gant was the outside pole sitter. That's for 11th position. Gant grabs it as they come out of turn number four. Gant is now 11th. Rutman is 12th. Back to 13th is Benny Parsons. 14th would be Neil Bonnet. Meanwhile, 15th is Buddy Baker. They're back in battle, one. Battle for the lead right now. Bobby Allison comes downstairs on Bill Elliott entering turn one. Coming off two, Allison has it. But Elliott's going to challenge him on the high side. That was a pretty neat move on Bobby's part. He's got the lead. There is a slower car directly in front of him. Let's see they'll how they'll handle that machine as Allison goes up on the outside. Elliott goes with him, and now Bodine has closed it up tight in third spot. Fans are having a little trouble sitting down this afternoon. They've been jumping up all afternoon for that lead. It has changed back and forth, back and forth. Bodine has it right now. Allison tried to take it away out of turn two. Couldn't do it. They're back to the stripe with Bodine in front. Bobby riding second and Richard Petty putting a charge on also. He's up in third spot, locked tight together as they head for turn one. Fourth is Dale Earnhardt. Bill Elliott is back to fifth. Morgan Shepard is sixth. Seventh is Tim Richmond. All of a sudden, eighth now, Cale Yarborough. Remember, he was running further back. Ninth is Waltrip. Ten is Mark Martin. Harry Gannon's 11. Twelfth is Joe Rutman. Thirteenth, Neil Bonnet. Yarborough's a story. He's won a bunch of races here. He owns the track record. He broke the car, actually destroyed the car that he would have run here today a week ago at Rockingham. They were having a lot of trouble. He was late for the big press conference last night to announce his Hardy's deal because the car was just not working well, but now he's evidently making some progress because that car is picking up positions. He's up to eight. No way you can ever count Kale out. If there's anything left in the car, he'll get every ounce of that and then a little bit more. The leaders are back in two. And they come off the turn, everybody virtually single file with the exception of a good battle further back between Tim Richmond, who's outside of Kale Yarbrough. Bodine is looking strong up front. When he came around to Allison, he looked like he had bought the lower half of the racetrack here during that pit stop. They made that number 50 car work very well as Bodine continues to lead the field. Talking about Kale as he continues to pick his way toward the front of the pack, he's still a little bit sore from that crash up at North Carolina Motor Speedway last weekend. Uh, yeah, I kind of stove my toes back up in my foot, and I got a sore right arm, but... Uh... You know, the way the car was tore up and all, I feel like I'm pretty lucky just to have that little bit of damage. Cale Yarborough continues to work his way up. He's just moved around. Tim Richmond as they head down the back chute and up to Dave Despain. He's really coming on strong. The car is working very, very well. It wasn't handling at all yesterday. He stayed all through the late practice session. As we said, it made him late for some sponsor responsibilities last night, but Cale's a racer. He's going to take care of that first, and they are getting that car dialed in. Bobby Allison has a look on the inside, could not get the lead from Jeff Bodine, may do it at turn one. Let's go to Jerry Punch for a nutrition report in the garage area. Well, Mike, we've got five cars out of the race right now here in the garage area. In fact, one of the cars is just about ready to go back in. Marty Robbins is climbing back aboard his car, and they're pushing the car out of the garage. One driver standing with me that started the car number 19, Dick May. Dick, you just parked the car number 19, the gray racing Buick. What happened? Uh, I guess we lost a piston. It began to fill up with oil. We, the motor didn't blow. I shut it off and I just coasted around and they're going to check, see if the pan is full of oil. Maybe the return system isn't working. But we're fairly sure we're out of the race for this afternoon. We just didn't get off to a good start today. Well, Dick, tough luck on his birthday. Other cars out include Donnie Allison, of course, the Marty Robbins car, uh, Glenn Jarrett, and Steve Moore had oil pressure problems. 
Leader is Jeff Bodine as he heads up to the west end of the speedway in turn three. Bodine's looking strong. He's got Allison in tow. Richard Petty has come through that lead quintet to take over the third spot. He's bringing Earnhardt with him. Petty is looking good, but that first uh, two spots are really a tight grab. Field trying to string out a little bit from third spot on back, and Earnhardt tries to chase down Richard Petty and tighten it up. And the draft is very critical here, Ned, even though it isn't a track like Daytona and Talladega, it does make a big difference. Yes, it does, Barney. It makes a tremendous difference. Even though the straightaways are relatively short here, the turns are wide enough and banked high enough, 24 degrees, that they can still draft right on through the turns, and we're seeing a lot of that happen here Boy, this the, afternoon. The draft is the key right there, Ned, as Petty picked off a little bit of wind from 46 Travis Tiller, and it sucked him right up behind Bobby Allison, and he looks like he wants that lead. Three cars just tied together off that fourth corner. Everybody got a piece of the bumper tag there. It looked like Bodine, Allison, and Petty were just bumper to bumper coming off that fourth corner, each looking inside the other, but they've gone back single file at turn one. So those front three automobiles with now Dale Earnhardt and Bill Elliott closing in just a little bit more. Morgan Shepard down by about eight car lengths to the fifth place runner, so they're tightening it up on the back stretch. You keep wondering if it's a matter of choice or a matter of capability to go from first back to fourth or fifth. Earnhardt, who looked so strong early on, back there in fourth, Bill Elliott behind him, and those two look like they're really scrambling and just can't keep up. Richard Petty wants the lead. He's been trying to get around Bobby Allison for the last couple of times, and apparently he has the horses to do it if he can just find a break in traffic. They're back in one. Petty looks on the outside this time. Richard Petty sneaked the peak, now looks to the inside just a mite, but there's going to be race traffic there. So Petty has to tuck back in. It looked like he was going to make a bit on Allison, but Darrell Sage's car was in the way. Richard Petty's got a lot at stake here with only two races left. He needs to win one of those two to maintain his status on the winner's circle program that NASCAR has. That represents a lot of dollars. So Richard's hungry. He needs to win this thing. So the front three still locked together as they come out of the corner. Petty again takes a look on the inside. Bodine is the leader. Allison second. Petty third. Earnhardt fourth. And fifth is Bill Elliott. From the Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. If you've been delaying that oil change, replacing those brake pads, or ignoring that check engine light, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and use your tax refund to take care of problems you've been putting off. Spend a little of your tax refund on your vehicle now and avoid costly repairs down the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. At the Atlanta Raceway, battle for the lead. Bobby Allison's down inside in turn one. And he's got Jeff Bodine battling him upstairs. There's no traffic to contend with now. Allison down low, throws the nose out in front. Gets a push from Richard Petty, who tucks in behind Allison. Now it's three wide off turn two. Boy, Richard had a notion, went all the way to the inside. Bear in mind, Petty lost the spring race here by the width of a fender to Darrell Waltrip. 
in that rain-delayed uh, finish. We'll explain that later. In any case, it's Richard going after it as they run three deep off turn four. And as those three dice for the lead, Earnhardt sits right there in fourth position, just taking it all in. An unscheduled stop, I assume it would be net for Harry Gant. Definitely an unscheduled stop, Barney. They changed the right side tires on the Skull Bandit uh, car number 33 of Gant. He's about a lap and a half down now. He had a tire that was leaking down on him, so unfortunate for Gant, he's got a lot of catching up to do. Off turn two, Jeff Bodine leads Adelson, who had an idea, but got caught in behind J.D. McDuffie's car. Little bit of traffic caused him a problem there, so it's still Bodine, Allison, Petty, and then Dale Earnhardt, Morgan Shepard is in fifth spot. Cale Yarborough right there in sixth. He is around Bill Elliott coming on strong. A moment ago, the water was lukewarm up front. It's scalding hot right now as there's seven cars, just about a half a car length apart, dicing for the lead. Here's Cale Yarborough moving up another spot in turn one under Morgan Shepard. He'll try and grab fifth place away, but Morgan will out-drag him that time. So your leader is Bodine. Single file, Allison second. Richard Petty third. Six car lanes back to Earnhardt in fourth. Then the Yarborough-Morgan Shepard battle. Don't want to beat that Yarborough story to death, but Kale's, oh, we got some smoke there. It's the number 47 machine of Ron Bouchard showing a lot of smoke as he works three and four. He should be headed for pit road. Leaders out of turn number four and back down to the line. It's been a real dice up there all afternoon. They've raced since they dropped the green like it was the last lap as Bodine recovers the lead. Allison drops back to second. Petty is still third. The battle is for fourth position as they move to turn one. And it's a Yarborough win in fourth place battling with Dale Earnhardt. Kale goes low on the racetrack, working superior handling here in turns one and two, especially Yarborough likes that low groove coming off the turn to set a man up off the second corner. Yarborough has come from 19th starting spot. All the are here from Hardy's Hamburgers, Coca-Cola, and Valvoline, the people who have helped him put together a three-year, million-dollar-a-year deal beginning in 1983. So Kale's got some things to prove today. Here comes Petty down to the bottom of the racetrack, trying to move underneath the DK Ulrich car. He's got second from Allison, and he's looking for the lead. It's a scramble as he's inside of Allison again. Bobby took advantage of a little bit of a move as DK Ulrich's car was a factor, but now Allison goes high. Petty glued to the low side of the racetrack, takes second, and chases down Bodine. I you like to be Jeff Bodine, the rookie, look in your mirror and see two of the best ever to drive race cars with their two 20-year careers, Richard Petty and Bobby Allison working on the leader, Jeff Bodine. Up out of turn four, lap traffic will be a factor as they move up around Jimmy Means and the Buddy Arrington automobile. Bodine will hold the lead. Petty now, trouble, Cale Yarborough spins, hits the wall in the front straightaway with the left front corner of the car, tries to straighten it out, cannot, and slides the length of the front straightaway, hits the inside retaining wall. And Dale Earnhardt on the outside in the Ranger Jeans Ford. He went to the outside, hit the wall there. Now it's spun down to the inside in turn one. A two-car crash as Yarborough came off the fourth corner. As he hit the front straightaway, the car got loose and away from him. It spun almost 360 degrees and cracked the outside retaining wall at the start-finish line with the left front corner. As it spun back around, Yarborough tried to regain control of the car as it spun, heading straight down the racetrack. Almost caught it, but the car was still spinning too quickly, and it has come to rest at the far end of the front straightaway against the inside retaining wall near turn one. Down in turn number one, Dale Earnhardt's Bud Moore Wrangler Ford has come to rest down on the track apron. Those were the only two cars involved in this, the second caution flag of the day. Mike Joy, there was a tire that blew out on Cale Yarborough's car, whether it was just before or just after he hit the wall, but uh, it, it looked like that maybe a tire went down that caused him to get into that spin, but we'll learn a little more of that later, but he definitely, a tire did blow on the car number 27.
Well, just about everybody has been in and out of the pits for a quick update. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Yes, they have, Barney. It's been about 40 laps since they've been into the pits between 35 and 40, so they take this opportunity again to fill them up with gasoline, change those tires, make any adjustments that they might need. Well, as they came off pit road, Darrell Waltrip was the first to come out to move to the front of the pack. He should be the leader. Jeff Bodine was right behind him, so he'll move up to second spot, and Morgan Shepard is third. Working the second caution flag of the day, and this will be a lengthy one as they're still hitching up to Cale Yarborough's car to get it moved, and they're having trouble trying to get into Dale Earnhardt's car. It's sitting up against the banking down in the bottom of the racetrack there, but both those cars apparently will be out for the day. They're going to have to get a record down there to get Earnhardt back to the garage. We'll get a report on that in just a moment. Bobby Allison came back in the pits again for a second time as Ned Jarrett is making his way down pit road. The hood was up on Bobby's car. Now, whether they were just jacking the wedge bolt around, maybe to get a bite in the car, or whether he has a problem, we'll check on that story in a moment. Well, Darrell Waltrip has now led a lap of the Atlanta Journal 500, so he picks up those five wins to cup bonus points, tying him with Bobby Allison thus far in the day's point tally. Let's go to Ned on pit road. Well, we're standing by Kale Yarborough. Kale, first, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, Ned. Uh, other than a little disappointed, you know, I would have liked to ended up with MC Anderson here today on a winning note and looked like uh, that, that was a good possibility, but we lost an engine coming off fourth turn, and I just got stuff all over my wheels, and I just, you know, it was like on ice. I just couldn't control it. For the last several years, uh, you probably had one of the lower percentages as far as accidents are concerned, and now you've had two in a row. Well, yeah, I've been lucky, Ned, but, uh, you know, I've had two, and, uh, yeah, two right here in a row, but thank goodness neither one of them was my fault. But that's, needless to say, it doesn't help matters any, but, uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to uh, running, running hard again next year. We'll be back. Okay, there's Cale Yarborough, with, uh, even with a smile on his face, and I think that smile is uh, that he's okay. He's gone through two ordeals here two weeks in a row and uh, came out of him okay. Well, Ned, if you're in the vicinity of the Bobby Allison Gatorade team, you might take a walk over there. As we said, they just came in the pits for a second time, and the hood was up on Bobby's car. From here, we couldn't tell what they were doing, whether they have a major problem or whether they're just jacking some more wedge maybe in the front. We'll find out in a minute. Jerry Punch in the garage area. Got a couple of cars being worked on there, hoping to get back into the action. Well, Ron Bouchard pulled in right beside me, Mike. They're working on the car. Jack Beebe and new crew chief, David Ipps, to say that the car began to miss on the first lap on the green. Said that David, uh, Ron said the car began progressively worse, and they brought it in. They're going to try to change her valve spring and see what they can figure out what the problem is. Bouchard, very disappointed. Here's Bobby Allison back on pit road along with the Kyle Petty automobile. Allison is pitted all the way at the far end of pit road down toward turn number one. Gets in that long run down pit road and an unobstructed shot to get off of it. But the hood is up once again on the Gatorade machine as Ned Jarrett makes his way to that position. Well, Ned will find out the story on that car in just a moment. While we're under caution and we have a moment to chat, Ricky Graham, the Winston Series motorcycle champion from Seaside, California, has taken a moment out to stop by. Ricky, what are your impressions of this stock car race? I'll tell you what, they don't leave you much room for uh, mistakes on this racetrack. It's really good, close racing. Well, would you like to be out there in one of these things? The guys in the stock cars think you guys are crazy, and I guess you kind of feel like they got to be the same way. Well, I'm going to finish a couple more years racing bikes, and then I might think about something like this. It looks like it's a lot of fun out there. Is the competition in the bikes as tough as it is here, just from looking at what you've seen today? Yeah, it sure is. We race on a smaller, uh, it's a dirt track, mile oval track, and... Uh, yeah, there's about five guys going for it, drafting each other. It's more or less the same uh, idea, just a little bit smaller caliber. These fellas go 30 weekends a year, and your schedule's just about as hectic, is it not? Yeah, it sure is. It's about, we race about 25 times a year. Ricky, congratulations on your Winston Pro Championship. Best of luck to you next year. Okay, thank you very much. Let's go back to Ned Jarrett. We're in the Bobby Allison Gatorade pits. Gary Nelson, the crew chief. Gary, what's wrong? He's come in several times. Well, the, uh, Ned, the throttle was, wasn't quite closing all the way. The air cleaner had shifted over and was rubbing on the linkage. 
we just figured with this long caution early in the race, we'd take the time to fix it. The uh, problem really wasn't affecting us on the racetrack, just at an idle. We felt if uh, we had to make a green flag stop, it might have hurt us. Gary, some people might be surprised to see Bobby running so strong so early here in the race. Well, th this is racing. That's a race car. We figure the best way to race is in the front. Well, that's their attitude, and they're going after that Winston Cup championship in that manner. Well, let's hope that Bobby can hang it up there all day long. And I, as I said a little bit earlier, I think the fans, the drivers, pit crews, everybody here would like to see those two go to California no more than five or ten points and kind of let them shoot it out out there and see who comes out Barney, the I championship. Have it, go ahead, Ned. Could I have it back? We're standing by with Donnie Allison, who was involved with the accident with Marty Robbins a little bit earlier up there, and Donnie making his first start in NASCAR Winston Cup competition in quite a while, and a very disappointing one, Donnie. Yes, it was, Ned. You know, uh, first of all, we didn't have the car going as good as we should, and uh, then, you know, I got caught over there when Marty spun, you know, I started to go below him and he got a bite and started down. So I went to go up above him. I had him cleared, but the car crossed up the wrong way a little bit. And then, of course, the wall went one way and I was still going straight. So uh, we had a little meeting of the ways there. Well, you're OK, though. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Now you're down here to stand by and uh, do everything you can for your brother, Bobby. All I can do is just hope for him right now. OK, that's Donnie Allison. We were talking to Marty Robbins earlier in the weekend. And kind of interesting conversation I guess that you had with him about the diff difference between being on stage and being out there running the race car when you get out there all by yourself and have to have to time trial one of these that it's kind of a very different thing for him and you would think that a guy who had been in front of millions and millions of fans singing to, could just get out here and hop in the race car no trouble at all no no sweat well it doesn't work that way as he explained yesterday why he doesn't qualify good because I know everybody's looking I'm the only one on the track you see, everybody's looking and listening. You see, so I don't want to let off too soon because they're going to hear me when I let off. <laughs> I don't want them to think you laugh, you see. Well, so I hold it down just a little bit. Well, that's too long. Then it makes it push, see. And that was my problem yesterday. So I've been out to practice today, and I'm if I could just, I, I can't block out of my mind because I just can't qualify. I can run three miles an hour faster than I can qualify. He's not a bad race driver, but I, I just can't imagine any pressure being on him qualifying as far as the people watching him and the drivers in the pits watching him. Well, he says he's worried about the people that are listening there. And I said, well, when you perform in front of a crowd and you go out there and sing, you've got thousands of people that are listening to you. What's the difference? Yeah, but that's different. Why? Well, I wish I could explain it, but uh, here, you know, I, this is not where I should be. That's not how I make a living. See, I'm not, and I, I'm racing against the people that make a, a living doing it, see. And uh, I know, you know, that they're not going to, make fun of me, you know, or anything like that. It's just that, uh, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know, I'm not, you know, I'm not a good driver, and, uh, but as long as I know I'm not a good driver, and they, they realize that I know I'm not a good driver, well, I think they have respect for me there, you know, because I'm not trying to prove anything. I'm just having a good time. Field is back to green here at Atlanta. Battle for the lead is ahead for turn three. Well, things can't change. Darrell Waltrip is up front side by side with Jeff Bodine, and Bobby Allison is at 19th spot as this race goes back under green. Bodine and Waltrip come door to door out of that fourth corner, back to the line. Bodine has been strong early going this afternoon. Still a dead heat. It would have been Waltrip by about a foot, but Bodine doesn't back out of it. They're back in turn one. And now Morgan Shepard tucks in behind Bodine, giving him a bit of a push. Waltrip's going to let him go by as Darrell takes the high road. Bodine and Morgan Shepard take the low road, and Bodine gets to the point before him. They're on the back stretch. Shepard showing one of the strongest laps he's had since the first when he sat on the pole for this race. Bodine then Shepard. Waltrip is third. Richard Petty fourth. Bill Elliott's been strong all day. He is fifth. Tim Richmond sixth. And they've opened up a big gap over seventh place Terry Labonte. 
Back to the line. Bodine is the leader. Shepard rides second. Third is Waltrip. He's apparently for the moment said, hey, there's no point in taking a chance. Here he goes down on the inside after second spot back in turn one. He wanted to see what he had, but Morgan Shepard shut the door. So Waltrip is back in third. Richard Petty is fourth. A tight fifth will be Bill Elliott. Sixth is Tim Richmond. Then back 20 car lanes to seventh. Neil Bonnet. Eighth for Joe Rutman. Ninth for the Jody Ridley automobile. Remarkable to me the way that lead seven automobiles have broken away from the rest of this pack. Bonnet leading that second wave. And Way back there about, oh, how far back in there? Ten cars into that pack is Allison, who has that problem described earlier. Shepard goes after the lead at turn number four. He's got it at the line. Well, take that back. It was Bodine by about a foot. Walton almost made it three wide back in turn one. Now Bodine gets it again. Bodine is going for the lead. Meanwhile, Petty's going to battle Darrell Waltrip for third spot. They come around slower cars. It's Bodine, then Shepard, then Petty taking it away from Waltrip in third. Petty took it away from Waltrip with comparative ease. Let's see if Waltrip can hold off Bill Elliott, who is now the next challenger. The leader, Bodine, second is Shepard, third is Petty. Then Waltrip, Elliott, and Richmond rounding out the lead seven cars. Report from the garage, they are trying to repair Dale Earnhardt's car and get him back into the race. Out of turn number four, Bodine once again. By two car lengths this time over Morgan Shepard and Richard Petty, Darrell Waltrip has settled back into fourth spot about three car lengths back. It stabilizes this time coming off turn number two. Behind Waltrip, you've got the Bill Elliott and Tim Richmond cars further back again, single file. Neil Bonnet, Joe Rutman, Cody Whitley, Terry Labonte, Harry Gant, Buddy Baker, and the rest of the pack. Here, the leaders peeling it off into turn three, hitting that 24-degree banking as the rewatch for that Allison car. He doesn't seem to be making any moves. He's way back there with the Rick Wilson machine far back in traffic. Back to the stripe. Bodine is still in front. Shepard rides second. Petty's fallen back a couple of car lengths right now to the third spot. And for the moment, that six-car draft is just about a car length or so apart. Then back to seventh position. That's Neil Bonnet there in front of Eli Gold. Good battle for 11th spot. It's Harry Gant going to the inside of Terry Labonte, grabbing 11th away, relegating Labonte back to 12th. They're ahead of Ricky Rudd. Neil Bonnet has hooked up with Joe Rutman, a couple of cars that ran strong in the early going here. They are now running 8th and ninth, but they're running tight nose to tail and starting to reel in that lead pack. Out of the fourth turn. It is still Bodine. Here's Dale Earnhardt in the Wrangler Jeans Ford going back out of the action. Of course, he's too far down to have any shot at winning this race, but he's a competitor who wants to go back out and give the fans their money's worth. He's lost about 14 laps net after crashing up at turn number one when Cale Yarborough spun into the front stretch retaining wall. Off of turn number two, Bodine leading a single file pack of cars down the back stretch to turn three. Bodine looking strong. Remember, a rookie, but a rookie with a lot of experience came out of the late model and modified division, and now he's leading the Levi Garrett car of Morgan Shepard, the pole sitter off turn four with the grand old man of this game, Richard Petty, in tow. Field back across the line as they head down to turn one. It's still Bodine in front, and for the moment, Eli Gold, they seem to content just to ride there. The battle per se, will be back in the field for about 12th, 13th, and 14th spot. Right, among those first 10 or 11 automobiles, things have been fairly quiet. Further back, we're also watching Bobby Allison, who visually is getting around this racetrack as well as he has any time this afternoon. He has passed five cars in the last four laps, including the Benny Parsons automobile, so Bobby on the move now just a bit. Up out of turn number four, once again, the front pack has really stabilized. There's not been a move there in a couple of laps, and they all sit three or four car lengths apart, five cars, Bill Elliott, the last of those. Sixth is Tim Richmond. In the seventh spot, Neil Bonnet. Now, Bonnet was 21st when they dropped the green flag on the restart just about 14 laps ago, and he has fought his way back up to the seventh spot. In the eighth position is the Joe Rutman automobile. Back in the ninth spot, no, Harry Gantz a lap down, so in the ninth spot, watching Terry Labonte as he goes down the backstretch with Kyle Petty, Ricky Rudd, and then Bobby Allison. 
Allison trying to pick his way back to the front. Latest count on the field, he should be about 14th as the leaders come back across the line, still single file. And for the moment, they'll just be content to race a lap or two, kind of feel the car out because all of them made adjustments a moment ago on pit road. Right now, Allison is the only driver in the field that is really putting on a charge as he's knocking them off one by one. He's back in turn one. Now we'll try and take care of Ricky Rudd's automobile as Bobby Allison goes low on the racetrack and he's sticking so well downstairs, he'll get by Rudd and now challenge on Kyle Petty. Allison, of course, has little choice. He's got to get back to the front because that's where Darrell Waltrip is. The car's directly in front of Allison by the Kyle Petty machine, the number 90 of Jody Ridley, and also Terry Labonte, who's run strong all season. Those are Allison's adversaries right now. It's a little bit of a surprise to see Jeff Bodine out front and so strong here at this racetrack. Remember, he joined the Cliff Stewart team in midseason, replacing Joe Milliken. It's the first time he has raced for this team at this racetrack. And I asked him that it's got to be a little tough to try and set the car up and learn the racetrack all at the same time. Yeah, it is being the first time here with this car, with this team. It, you know, you've got more to worry about than these other fellows that have run here before. Uh, it, it really, it kind of hurt us in the qualifying. We qualified fifth. I think if I'd had more experience on the track, we could have run better. The car definitely was strong enough, I think, to be on the pole. I just uh, didn't drive it hard enough. The car went in the corners. I wasn't expecting it to stick to the track like it did. And, you know, when I came in, I just shook my head. I said, boy, I could have just drove it wide open, but that's just experience. Well, he's certainly gaining some valuable experience right now running up front. Unscheduled pit stop right in front of Ned Jarrett. Benny Parsons in the Wayman and Bruton Buick, and they go to the right side, changing right side tires. This is an unscheduled pit stop, but Benny was running up there, has been all afternoon in the top 15, but he now finds himself one lap down as the leaders go by, and their crew changing the right side tires. Now he's down and away, but Benny, like Harry Gant, has a lot of catching up to do. So an unscheduled stop for Parsons is going to cost him some time on the speedway right now as the leaders work the backstretch and head to Dave to Spain. Allison, meanwhile, has put Jody Ridley away and is closing in on Kyle Petty and Terry Labonte. Out front, Bodine looking strong. Meanwhile, don't forget now, that number 98 machine of Morgan Shepard's been a front runner all day, and he's still at second spot. Here's Bodine back across the line, and you were talking about Bodine a moment ago, Mike Joy. I think the only thing the youngster hasn't accomplished this year that he... Other than that, he has been well satisfied with the team and his progress is the fact that he hasn't won a race. He really felt like he could win a race his rookie year, and he has the stuff to do it. Well, for a driver who's used to winning 30 or 40 or in one year 60 short track races in a season, much like Jody Ridley when he came onto the circuit, it has got to be a change. But he is here to learn. He realized it's going to be an uphill struggle, but nonetheless, he is very, very pleased with the season that he has had for Cliff Stewart. Well, I'm very pleased the way things have worked out. Uh, I like to run the whole season, you know, start out with a team in Daytona, but I guess that's the only thing I'd like to have had different as far as the way we've run. Uh, I mean, I'm extremely happy. We just made a tremendous amount of progress uh, qualifying with the car and racing with the car. We just get better every time we go out. And, you know, I get home and I can't wait to get to the next race because I know that we're going to learn a whole lot more and that we just learned a whole lot at the track we run at. Harold Kinder waving the caution flag for a spin up in front of Eli Gold at turn two. It was Darrell Sage in turn two who was running fairly low on the racetrack. All of a sudden, the car just did a sideways spin on him. He was uh, running in the clear, no cars around him. He was far enough away from the wall to avoid contact there. When the car came down to the apron of the racetrack, he sat for there for about three seconds or so, then got the car righted and continued on around towards the pit area. But it was enough, as you say, for the third caution of the afternoon. 
He has brought the car into the pit area, Eli Gold. They have the hood up on it now, have the right side jacked up, changing the tires, and I suspect they should change all four tires on it because many times when you do a 360 like that, you're going to flat spot some of the tires. So they are working on Darrell Sage car now, and meanwhile, the leaders are coming down pit road. Here's Jeff Bodine, Morgan Shepard, Richard Petty, Bill Elliott, Tim Richmond, Joe Rutman, and Neil Bonnet. Everybody coming down pit road now once again, taking advantage of this caution period. This will be the second caution flag of the day. Sage, a high school senior in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, has been running Grand American races at Nashville International Raceway under the NASCAR banner. This is his fifth Winston Cup race this year, and if sponsorship can be found, they hope to run for Rookie of the Year honors in 1983. We'll be going back to green next time by as the pace car with the field in tow is just moving out of the number two turn down on the east end of the speedway. This racetrack lies east and west with turns one and two in the east part of the racetrack and three and four up in the western part of the speedway as the field gets ready to go back to green. Dave Despain will set the front of the pack for you. All right, as they form up on the outside, you've got Morgan Shepard sitting out there ready to take on Richard Petty, or check that, Kyle Petty is lined up second. Then it's Tim Richmond, the Jeff Bodine machine, and number 21 is Neil Bonnet. Story is going to be Bobby Allison. He had come from 17th to 10th between those two yellow flags. Let's see what Bobby can do now as they go back to green. Fans jump right back to their feet as the pace car comes off the banking in turn number four. Morgan Shepard's going to have his hands full to keep everybody back there as Harold Kinder tells him to hold it down. Now he puts them under green, and they get at it in a hurry. Down the line, Shepard gets a good jump. Two, three car lakes on Kyle Petty as they head for turn one. Kyle Petty holding second plot now with Tim Richmond going in the third position. Around to the outside of a slower car is fourth place runner Jeff Bodine. Moving to fifth is Neil Bonnet. Darrell Waltz up to sixth. Bill Elliott going seventh inside of him. And Bobby Allison with eighth place. Shepard knows what the front's all about. He sat on the pole, but he's got his hands full with Kyle Petty. And Kyle wants the lead. He's down low. They're doorpost to doorpost. Richmond has a notion as he tries to make a three wide. It's going to be a dead heat off turn four. Kyle Petty exerting a little pressure on him. And they stack them three wide wide as they come out of that corner with Richmond at the bottom of the racetrack and across the line at Shepard by just inches. They're still three wide in turn one. It's Richmond, then Kyle Petty, then Morgan Shepard. Shepard gives this time. He'll have to drop back. It's side by side for the lead. No, Tim Richmond takes it. He accelerates off the low side. Kyle Petty is second. Bodine is third. Neil Bonnet fourth and Morgan Shepard fifth. thing you got to love about this racetrack is the way they go back to green and somebody just explodes out of nowhere to take it over. Tim Richmond is the man. Kyle Petty has come with him and suddenly Jeff Bodine, the rookie who was leading at the yellow, has his hands full. Two young fellows just had their foot down a little bit farther. One was Tim Richmond, and he will lead here. Bodine is second. They are three wide for the third spot. Kyle Petty, Neil Bonnet, and Waltrip. Let's call it Waltrip for the moment. Meanwhile, the battle for the lead. Bodine nearly touching with Richmond. Here's Kyle Petty. He'll give Bodine a push. Off turn two. Richmond upstairs. He does not have the lead. Bodine has it, and Kyle Petty wanting it. For the first time all day, Bobby Allison and Darrell Waltrip, the two battlers for the championship, are just a car length apart. The lap car of Harry Gant is in between them. Waltrip is side-by-side side for fourth. Bobby Allison is sixth. Get your hold and hang on. There's 12 cars inches apart in that lead draft right now. They're all on the lead lap and they're getting at it with Bodine up front there, three wide for that fifth position back in turn one again. It's going to be Neil Bonnet taking away fourth spot with Richmond going fifth in that three-way battle. Next on the racetrack is the last car of Harry Gant. So sixth will be Richard Petty inside of Morgan Shepard and ninth place for Bobby Allison. Bodine, you've got to admire the kid's pluck. He says, hey, I had that lead. I want it back. He has re-annexed the lead from Kyle Petty. Kyle looking strong as Waltrip goes third. Bonnet wants a piece of that action up front as he runs fourth. Out of turn four, back to the start-finish line. Bonnet 
or rather Bodine at the head of the field. 16 lead changes among 10 different drivers, and we're only 100 laps into this race, so they go back to turn one. Harry Gant, who is down a lap, trying to scramble back towards the lead and possibly be in shooting distance to get a lead back. It is going to be Bodine with Kyle Cuddy right behind him. Some of the best racing we've seen all day going on at the tail end of this yellow flag. Waltrip has moved into second spot. He gets the nose in front of Kyle Petty. Neil Bonnet will go with him, and that's going to give Waltrip three positions over Bobby Allison as they race for the championship. Out of the corner, back to the line. Bodine has pulled away from the field now. Biggest lead anyone's had today. It's almost seven or eight car lengths. Battle is for second spot. Neil Bonnet's going to try and take second away from Darrell Waltrip. Neil's inside of Waltrip, who goes a groove and a half higher. Off turn two, Waltrip is too high. Bonnet has it second spot. Then comes the Waltrip car battling with Richard Petty, Kyle Petty. Well, those Fords are good when they're good, and right now, Neil Bonnets is running very strong. He has taken that second spot, but all that side-by-side -side shuffle has given Bodine the opening he wanted, and he's got six car lengths on Neil Bonnet off turn four. Eighteen cars on the lead lap. There are eight of them right up in that front pack. Bodine, Neil Bonnet in second. Waltrip and Richard Petty in a dead heat for third. Bobby Allison in fifth. Sixth is Kyle Petty. Seventh is Tim Richmond. They string out in the backstretch. Davis Bain can set the field. Good battle. The leader, Bodine, second spot is Bonnet. Third is the the Kyle Petty machine way up to the top goes Walter P is going to give up that fourth spot. Field out of the corner, back to the line. Bodine in front, Bonnet riding second. Third is Richard Petty. Fourth is Bobby Allison. Fifth is Darrell Waltrip. Sixth is Kyle Petty. And they're door to door for that sixth spot back in turn one again. It's going to be now a seventh place battle as Waltrip bots back. He can't get in for seventh place. Richmond passes him. So now Waltrip tries to battle for eighth. He'll take it away from Morgan Shepard. He'll be relegated tonight. A lot of laps still to go, but that first time that Waltrip and Allison have been in conflict on the racetrack today, Allison comes up a winner. He has passed Waltrip, and Waltrip has fallen back to eighth spot. It's still Bodine leading. Marty Hall, we call up in the garage area with Dale Earnhardt. Dale, the seventh car to retire from this race. You had to finally park it. What happened? Well, you know, when it busted those tires on the car when we spun around there with Kale blow the engine, uh, it uh, knocked the front end out or something did something to the steering box. And it didn't drive just right. It started to push a little bit. So Bud, Bud you know, he, he is far behind. He'd rather quit. And uh, I'd rather finish the race for Wrangler and everything, but, you know, Bud didn't want to tear the car on up take a chance of wrecking it with something wrong with it so uh, we parked it and, you know that's just a shame the car was working good and i just wonder if i ever finish another race <laughs> well the wrangler jeans ford out of it here in atlanta really a tough break for dale earnhardt because he was ready to let it all hang out here this afternoon and i think bud moore and that team have finally seen some daylight toward the end of the season and next year they should be really tough to deal with and they will be at Riverside, California in two weeks. Bodine is a leader. Up to the second spot is Neil Bonnet. He's been strong all afternoon. Richard Petty's right up there ready to take a bite out of that front two is ahead for turn three. Next car in line is Harry Gant and let's reiterate that he is at least a lap down and that means fourth spot belongs to Bobby Allison who just about 25 laps ago was 17th. He is strong. Let's take you back through the field the way they're running at 112 laps. Bodine the leader, Bonnet in second, Richard Petty is third, fourth is Bobby Allison, fifth is Kyle Petty. In sixth is Tim Richmond, the seventh place car, the Darrell Waltrip automobile. In eighth is now Morgan Shepard, ninth is Bill Elliott, tenth to Terry Labonte. Eleventh is Joe Rutman, in twelfth is Mark Martin, thirteenth a spot would be the Buddy Baker machine, in fourteenth Ricky Rudd, in fifteenth. Jody Ridley. In 16th would be Dave Marcus. 17th is Rick Wilson. 18th, the Lake Speed Automobile. And running in the 19th spot, Rodney Combs in the second J.D. Stacy car. And unofficially, those are the cars that are on the lead lap at 113 laps into this Atlanta Journal 500. Some pretty hard-nosed racing going on on that front line with Jeff Bodine still out front. 
as he leads them off the number two corner and down the back shoot. Neil Bonnet is second. Richard Petty is third. And you could just step from one car to the other. That's how tight they're running in front of Dave Despain. Petty's really running into three hard. He goes way up on the top of the racetrack, smoking the tires and wanting to get around. It's as hard as we've seen Richard race this year, but he can't get to the lead. As they come back to the line, Ron Bouchard, a little smoke out of his car a moment ago. He's pulled it on pit road, and then it looks like it might be all for him. He's had a lot of problems this afternoon, uh, Barney. They had an ignition problem earlier, and uh, as Jerry Punch reported, they went back out with one uh, uh, cylinder missing on the car. Richard Petty moves into second place over on turn two, but they are still working on the car, hoping he might get back out there, but there's too much smoke coming from him. I don't think there's much hope for it. The hood up on Ron Bouchard's car on pit road, and they have had a simply disastrous season. After their fine run for rookie of the year, the sophomore Jinx has really caught up with Bouchard. He has announced that he is staying put with the Race Hill Farms team for 1983, and a big important move for them. They are moving from Madison, Connecticut, to somewhere near Charlotte to run their race team, and they just won't lose that two days every week driving up and down the road with a race car, and Ronnie is quite excited about his fortunes next year. Oh, definitely. You know, it's going to be just so much better on the guys. Uh, it don't matter to me. I can always get in an airplane and go, and, you know, these guys, they got to run up and down the road in that truck, and when you spend a day coming down, a day going home, that's two days we lose. We could have been working on a car, and I think it'll make a heck of a difference when they get moved and get everything settled in and get our own motor program. Count the fans jumping to their feet for about the umpteenth time as Richard Petty grabs the lead out of turn number four, puts the STP Pontiac at the head of the pack. Let's see how long he can stay there as he pulls them back into turn one. Exactly behind Richard Petty is Jeff Bodine, then Neil Bonnet, then Bobby Allison. And now it's the new situation as everybody chases Richard Petty. They'll hold single file off turn two. You can see Richard set that one up as he went by Eli Gold down in turn two, hooked right up on the rear deck of Bodine. Three is Richard's oh, Turn four, trouble in four. Car is spinning off against the wall, smacking that outside concrete, now sliding down. Marty Robbins again. Coming. It's Marty Robbins for the second time today. Ooh, five cars by on both sides. Finally, the Robbins automobile comes clear of the racetrack onto the safety apron. A lot of smoke. Nobody hit him. Marty's had a couple of them today. I'll bet he'll park her now. Marty Robbins into the wall up in turn number four, and everybody gets by. Marty has the car, looks like under power, and will come on to pit road, but we go back under the caution for the fourth time this afternoon. Marty Robbins has fired his car, pulled it back behind the wall and toward the garage area where he'll be facing Jerry Punch. Travis Tiller spun up in three and four after the caution had come out. He has brought his car to pit road, and Ned looked like a lot of four-tire changes. Yes, they were, Mike. A little bit surprising uh, that they would change four tires on this stop. It hasn't been that long since they were in, but practically all of the front runners have come in and changed all four tires. Of course, when you see one of them do it, the others have to because fresh tires normally will run faster than... Uh, tires that are heated up after they've run them some 15, 20, or 25 laps. So if one does it, the rest of them have to if they're going to stay in contention. With Bobby Allison in front again, Labonte riding second, Modine is third. We're ready to go back to green in the fourth position. Richard Petty, fifth, Darrell Waltrip, sixth is Morgan Shepard, and seventh will be the 21 car of Neil Bonnet. We're back under green and ready to go racing again after this caution. As they head down to the line, Mark Martin comes around everybody, makes it three wide down in turn one. And Mark Martin low on the racetrack trying to throw the nose in front, but it's Bobby Allison who goes a good bit higher. He'll rev up that 88 engine and take the advantage down the back straightaway. Labonte is second, Jeff Bodine third, Richard Petty fourth. Pretty good strategy for the Gator 18. They stopped, they fixed that problem. They went all the way back to 17th. Now they're right back up front. Allison the leader, Labonte is second. Bodine is third, Petty is fourth. And fifth spot is Waltrip, sixth is the Stacy machine of Tim Richmond and Bonnet is seven. Bobby Allison is going to close out the season really giving everything he's got. He has raced as hard the last five or six races in the season as I think I've ever seen him run. 
Not to say that he doesn't run hard everywhere, but he is not about to lay back, try to pile up some points. He wants to win the race. He's in front of Eli Gold. And right now, Bobby Addison pulls away by a couple, maybe three car lengths over Terry Labonte, who's in second. Don't forget Labonte is still in that point race. He has not been eliminated from championship contention, even though he hasn't won a race all year. Allison is running away from Labonte. He's put four car lengths on him in a lap and a half. On the restart, both Mark Martin and Benny Parsons tried to get back on the lead lap. Neither were successful, but the report from scoring is that Harry Gann in the 7-Eleven Skull Bandit Buick is back on the lead lap. He's running at the tail end of the lead lap, along with Dave Marcus at the end of that lead draft. They're second, in turn two. Second place battle, Jeff Bodine takes it away from Terry Labonte. Richard Petty will pass Labonte. Now Darrell Walchuk trying to make a move on the 44 car. Getting that lap back, good news for Harry Gant. He's run with the leaders all day, but lost that lap and a half early. Harry right up there in the thick of it as Allison takes him into turn three. Richard Petty again starting to make moves on Bodine for second. Race speed is still up over well over 163 miles an hour as they work traffic around the speedway. Allison has opened up at least a four-car separation, but the battle right now is beginning to build for second, third, fourth, and fifth. They're back in front of Eli Gold. We've seen Richard Petty already lead this afternoon. He's hounding away on Jeff Bodine, who has also led, and they're both chasing Bobby Allison, the current leader. No moves this time. Single file off number two. Richard Petty almost won this race back in the spring. Rains came. The yellow flag came out. They raced back to the yellow. Walter beat Petty to the yellow flag by about a quarter of a fender. They never got it started again, and that's as close as you can get to winning one without doing it. Petty has had that experience here. Bobby Allison tried to lead the most laps, pick up an extra five points. But for Bobby running here, Bobby, you really just have to really hang it out here to win at all, don't you? Well, I think so. There's so many cars running good. Uh, in Winston Series, it's just been more and more competitive every race. And uh, you look now, uh, I'm qualified back in ninth uh, at a speed quite a bit quicker than what the pole was the last race. Um, there were uh, 16 cars that I know of over 163 miles an hour, probably more than that. And uh, all of those cars are, are capable of uh, pulling a win out of the hat. So uh, I think you really just got to go racing. That's exactly what he's doing right now, and the traffic is beginning to build up right behind him, Eli Gold. There's 14 cars right back of him. And the good battle is for sixth spot with Neil Bonner to the inside of Tim Richmond. Those are the only cars currently out of double file, or now it's making three wide. Yeah, the guy who decided to make the move was Waltrip. He wants Richard Petty for the number two spot. He pulled out, breathed the car, decided he didn't have a move to make, so the first five again goes single file, and Bonnet moves around Richmond for sixth. 18 lead changes among 11 drivers. Unofficially, Allison has has led 40 laps. That's the most of anyone thus far. Jeff Bodine has been in front unofficially for 33 circuits, so Allison is indeed going after the five-point Winston Cup bonus. He leads Richard Petty, Darrell Waltrip, Jeff Bodine, and Morgan Shepard, the top five. Neil Bonnet is sixth. Tim Richmond is seventh. Eighth is Terry Labonte. In the ninth spot is Kyle Petty, and tenth is Bill Elliott. Richard Petty smokes the tires out of turn number four. He is setting a blistering pace for the rest of the field, trying to get away from Bobby Allison and Jeff Bodine, the second and third place cars. He hasn't had much luck. A couple of car lengths from there back to the second spot in front of Eli Gold. So Allison is in second. Third is Bodine. Fourth, Morgan Shepard. Walter fifth. Richmond sixth. Seventh is going to be the Neil Bonnet car. Petty's really got it together. He's got Allison right on his rear deck. But Richard is able to run anywhere he wants to up to here in three and four. And that's been key to him in his move to the front. He's come through traffic very effectively. A couple of drivers who are out of the action this afternoon are standing by in the garage with Jerry Punch. Well, Ron Bouchard, you've had your share of problems all year long. This afternoon was no different. What finally put you out of it, Ron? Well, when the race started, uh, we think it must have broke a valve. We weren't sure what was the matter. We thought it was ignition, and 
we just kept working on it, trying to get it right. And uh, as it turned out, it must have been broke a valve right in the start there, and we just ran as long as we could to get the points. Well, the Race Hill Farms Buick out of it, also out of it, a driver who's had his share of problems, Marty Robbins. Marty's putting the headset on so he can hear us. Marty, you had your share of problems this afternoon. It's got to be quite a thrill running right out there backwards at 360 degrees, seeing the people trouble, trouble up in turn three. We got a car spinning off the turn three, banking, sliding down across traffic. It was behind the leaders and now out of harm's way as the smoke begins to clear. It is Travis Tiller for the second time today. And caution is on the three. speedway. Caution will be brought out immediately. And this is the fifth one of the afternoon. Travis Tiller, nobody hit him right up in front of Dave Despain as he came down to the apron of the track. He has the car under power and will come on around the speedway. But that is the fifth caution flag this afternoon. Let's go back to Jerry Punch with Marty Robbins. Marty, a couple of problems out there. What happened? Well, I think, you know, my car is set to probably to run a little tight, you know, and and in, if the tires would get hotter, I think, sooner than anybody else's car. See, well, I was trying to follow J.D. McDuffie around here because I knew the tires were getting slick, or not slick, but getting warm, you know, and I could, I could feel them, you know, just a little loose in the turns. So I followed him around a few laps to try to find out where he was going, and I just got just a little bit too high and going into number four, and it got into the dust up there. I knew, I knew right away that I was too high, and I wasn't going to get it back. Well, Marty, for all your fans around the country, you are okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a good time today, too. Marty, this Marty Mike, Robbins out. Marty, this is Mike Joy up in the tower. I guess there's nobody out there, though, that has any more fun out there than you do behind the wheel of a race car. No, I don't, I don't think they do. I hate to be uh, the cause of, a, of somebody having a wreck, but uh, I guess, uh, as the real pro professional drivers say, that's racing. <laughs> but I mean, I don't want to ever have a wreck, but uh, thank, thank God that none of them, you know, it wasn't really a serious wreck. So uh, I'm happy, I had a lot of fun, and I feel good. We'll look forward to seeing you back next season. Thank you. We've had 20 lead changes in this Atlanta Journal 500. Uh, the report that Rodney Combs was just in front for a lap gives us our 12th different leader. And, Ned, that's, we've seen some competitive racing here at Atlanta International Raceway, but that's got to be some kind of a record for 12 different drivers to lead this race this early. I would certainly think so, Mike Joy. I'll tell you one thing that's helped to add to the competition here today. We've talked about them changing a lot of tires, and they're doing it as a precautionary measure in many cases they'll come in and change the tires and sometimes they'll put those tires back on after they've had a chance to check them over but they run through debris when a caution comes out there's usually something wrong on the racetrack and so they don't take chances to come in and take those tires off let them cool off might put them back later but one thing that's helped to add to that competition today is the fact that Goodyear has a new uh, rubber compound that they're running here at Atlanta today for the first time and it really is making the cars stick well and I think that's why we're seeing so many cars that are capable of running up front they really have that has helped to get them dialed in as we're back under green at the Atlanta International Raceway, Richard Petty is out front. Tim Richmond trying to take the lead away. Morgan Shepard's moved right up to the third spot in front of Dave Despain. Harry Gant is now fourth. Key thing there. He was able to get back on the lead lap at the previous restart. Now Harry Gant is fourth with Kyle Petty fifth. Front three have a little breathing room of about six car lengths back to Gant as they work across the stripe. And Richmond has put a couple of moves on Richard Petty, and Petty has just used up every inch of the racetrack, simply will not let him get around. He's going to try it on the outside in turn two. It's not been a successful area for Tim Richmond so far. It's not going to work this time as Richard Petty floats high just a bit and keeps Richmond at bay. Richard's tougher a nail out there. Again, the point is he's able to go anywhere on the racetrack. If Richmond wants him on the low side, Richard can run down there. If Richmond wants to go high, why Richard can go up top with him too, and he's leading the race off turn four. Petty, one driver that spent a lot of time in the garage area in and out during practice, changing the suspension and chassis setup on the car. He 
says it is really tough to find the right setup here. They have it right now, but it's tough to find. Now, this is one of the racetracks that if you if you just check back, it happens about every time. Everybody is really messed up uh, as far as when they get here, they think they know what's going on, and they keep changing, and sometimes they hit it, sometimes they don't. But the, the track is, is such that it's, again, it's just quarter mile straightaways and half mile corners. So you're in a, you're in a corner two thirds of the time. And to get the car set up where you can go into the corner, the car work good in the middle and work good coming off, it's just pretty, pretty tough. And the deal is that what you're trying to do is not get that good at any place, but try to make the thing work that it's drivable, you know, going in in the middle and getting off. And then if you're not careful, the other corner is completely different. They're three wide over in turn number three for that fourth position. And Harry Gant grabbing second spot with a breathtaking move down the backstretch. Gant is now going after the leader, Petty. One footnote to what Richard just said. Having the combination in Atlanta doesn't mean you're going to keep the combination in Atlanta. You, it'll come and go all day long, and probably Ned could tell us more about that later on. Right now, the story up front is Richard Petty with Harry Gant chasing. And here in turn number two, it's a sixth-place battle. Bobby Allison takes it away from Morgan Shepard and tucks it right behind the fifth-place runner, Darrell Waltrip now. Petty's got him as they come down the backstretch. Gant in tow. Bodine is third. Good separation back to Waltrip. Meanwhile, Tim Richmond up around the outside wants a piece of Waltrip. And Waltrip's got his rear mirrors filled with his rival for the championship, Bobby Allison. Some of the best racing we've ever seen at Atlanta Raceway going on this afternoon as the lead pack is just inches apart all the way back through 20th position. They're nose to tail, single file this time back in turn number one. If you joined our broadcast late, there's been no major change in Darrell Waltrip and Bobby Allison's situation. They're just one position apart right now. Make that two as they head down the backstretch. Waltrip rides currently fourth. Bobby is in sixth spot. They're back to Dave Despain. The last time those two tangled, Bobby was able to drive right around Darrell Waltrip and pull away right now Tim Richmond is between those two adversaries as they run fifth and seventh in the running order. Moving around a lap car high up into turn number four facing the sun as they come off that fourth corner and down the front straightaway they move past J.D. McDuffie. Harry Gant has done quite a job after making that unscheduled pit stop early being a lap down, he raced to the caution flag and got his lap back, and now he's right up with the front runners in turn two. Meanwhile, Darrell Waltrip wanted a piece of third spot trying the inside of Bodine, but Jeff closed him down here in turn two. We've got a piece of junk bouncing off the racetrack down here, and now it has fallen off the race car, but slid down to the apron. It is not going to be a problem, but we had to wonder about that a moment. It was a fair-sized chunk of metal up here in turn three. Allison goes way up to the top. He's found a new line. Bobby Allison drifts a little bit higher than I think he wanted to coming into turn four. That's a very critical area. If you get out of the groove going in there, and the race car tends to push out right in that corner. Ned, you've run on this racetrack and won a couple of times here. It can get away from you in a hurry up there. Yes, it can, Barney, particularly if you get into turn just a little bit hard, and the wind off of the other cars can also help to suck you up to that wall on many occasions. Allison surviving that move nicely. In fact, gained ground on Tim Richmond as a result. He is now a solid six. Not quite as high this time. I don't think Bobby wanted to be up there at all. He's got his sights set on Waltrip. Richard Petty, he's the leader, brings him back to the line. Gant goes down on the inside, goes door to door as they head back to turn one. Harry Gant is there. He puts the nose in front, takes the lead in the Atlanta Journal 500. Richard Petty goes well high. Bodine passes him. Now passing him will be Darrell Waltrip low on the racetrack. They go by the limping car of Tommy Gale. A good battle for third. Is this a problem for Petty? He is side by side with Waltrip for third spot. Harry Gant, who started second, slipped a lap down, is now back in the lead position. And Petty is way high in turn four. He's the only car up in that high groove, and he is back 
backsliding. Looks like he'll go back to fifth and maybe even the sixth spot. So as they come off the corner, it's Gant, Bodine, Waltrip, Tim Richmond. Richard Petty settles into the fifth spot just ahead of Bobby Allison as they go to turn one. So Allison is sixth now as they work off turn number two. Neil Bonnet going seventh. Eighth will be Morgan Shepard. Bill Elliott runs ninth. Tenth is Buddy Baker. Gary Labonte is 11th. Kyle Petty 12th. Mark Martin 13th. Then comes Jody Ridley, followed by the Joe Rutman and Benny Parsons cars. Challenge for the lead at turn three. Bodine goes inside on Harry Gant. They are close. Rubbing metal as they move through turn four. Bodine will come out with the lead. Caution is on the speedway as they come back to the caution flag. Out of turn number four, it is a dead heat between Bodine and Harry Gant. It will be a virtual dead heat. As caution is out, it appears to be four debris on the racetrack out in Dave Despain's vicinity. Pit stops under the caution. Let's go to Ned. Well, they take advantage once again of the caution period. Now, Morgan Shepard came in this time and changed all four tires. The last time around, he only changed, only took on gasoline, did not change any tires. Some of them changed two tires the other time, and some of them changed four. We see the petty cars uh, both in, changing four tires on the STP cars. So it's a variety going on again as to whether they change two, four, or not any. We've had our 23rd lead change of the day. Ricky Rudd in the Piedmont Airlines Pontiac is at the head of the field under this caution period. We'll be racing in a lap, and that means 14 different drivers have led this race. From Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today and pick up five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil for $28.95. Plus get a $10 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card after mail-in rebate and earn double O rewards points with your purchase. Protect your engine with Mobile One full synthetic motor oil at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second man of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. The Atlanta International Raceway, we've completed 153 laps. 328 make up the Atlanta Journal 500, so we'll be coming up on halfway, not too far down the road. As the pace car picks up speed up in turn number four to get ready to come off that banking and give them room to get at it again, the leader will be Ricky Rudd in the Piedmont Airlines car. Neil Bonnet rides second, Walter is third, fourth is Jody Ridley, and fifth is Harry Gant. Slow cars down to the inside, lap cars to the inside. It'll be a double file. Restart as Harold Kinder waves the green, and they get at it for about the sixth, seventh time this afternoon as we've had a rash of caution flags in the early going. Rudd hauls off into turn number one. So Ricky Rudd leaves the pack now, the Mark Martin automobile. Troubles with the petty cars, a lot of smoke going into it's the first turn. It's Kyle Petty as he smokes, he's out of everybody's way. Leaders off turn number two, Neil Bonnet at the point. He is preceded by Mark Martin, who is on the tail end of the lead lap. So as Bonnet comes down the backstretch, he's got one car ahead of him to draft off of. More importantly, he's got Darrell Waltrip in tow. Waltrip with a good opportunity here to go after the lead as those two are away in the middle of lap traffic. 
No caution on the speedway as Petty gets the car down to the bottom of the racetrack, and Ricky Rudd really slowed on that restart also. He is in trouble and may be on pit road very shortly. The leaders head back for turn one. It's Neil Bonnet, the leader, with Darrell Waltrip second, Jody Ridley third. Fourth will be the Harry Gant automobile. Running fifth is Joe Rutman, Morgan Shepard sixth, Joe Jeff Bodine is seventh. A good eighth-place battle between Allison, and now we see caution on the speedway. Mark Martin will try to race back to the start-finish line to get back in the lead lap, but Neil Bonnet moves on the inside of him. Now Martin goes high as they come off a of turn four. Barney, you'll want to watch that race. Coming back down to the line, Bonnet holds him off, squeezes him to the outside. Martin stays in the throttle, but he will not get the lap back as Neil Bonnet will lead him back to the line. And we are under caution for the seventh time this afternoon. Caution is out for the possibility of oil and water being spilled down at turn number one when Kyle Petty appeared to lose an engine on the restart going into the first corner. So this will be the seventh caution of the day. It comes out on lap 155 for Kyle Petty. Ricky Rudd did make a pit stop. The Childress Piedmont Airlines crew did some work on the car, but before getting out of the pits, he was lapped by the field as they took the caution flag. So at lap 155, we're back under caution for the seventh time. Neil Bonnet leading Darrell Waltrip, Jody Ridley, Harry Gant, and Joe Rutman. I think at four laps we'll be halfway home in this one. 160 are on the board, and they're about to put them back under green on the 161st lap. Bobby Allison has led 42 of those laps. Waltrip 23 and Jeff Bodine 34, give or take a lap or so either way. But that's the way we have it figured here in the booth right now. We're about set to go back to green with Neil Bonnet in front. Waltrip riding second. Jody Ridley having a good run here this afternoon from nearby Chatsworth, Georgia in third spot. Harry Gant is fourth. It'll be a double-file restart this time. Harold Kinder waves the flag. And they head for turn number one. And again, Mark Martin's right down on the inside groove trying to get his lap back as they head for the corner. No move right now for Mark Martin. He's still alongside Neil Bonnet, the race leader. And now Neil goes up on the high groove. He'll come off turn number two with a nose in front of Mark Martin. Then Walter in second, Ridley in third, Harry Gannon fourth, Joe Rutman is fifth, Morgan Shepard sixth. As they hustle down the back stretch, Bonnet again, just where he was on that previous yellow, retaking the advantage with Walter and so Ridley is the new factor in this as he moves up to third spot. Fourth is Harry Gant, who's got that lap back and is running right there with the leaders. It's been an outstanding racetrack for the Wood Brothers over the years. No matter who's been in the car, it has favored the Fords over the years. They have about as many victories here as anybody. As Bonnet pulls away from the field this time by three car lanes. That's probably a comfortable lead, the way this race has gone today. Walter is in second. Now Ridley will settle in front of Harry Gant, who is challenging for third. A good battle now as Mark Martin, well, he's dropping back just a bit, and Ruffin challenges. The two men who have led this race the most laps today are in seventh and eighth spot. Jeff Bodine is the seventh place car. Bobby Allison is now eighth as they work their way around the three and four banking. Mark Martin worked hard to try to get his lap back. Now he slid back in traffic along with Ricky Rudd. They're both one lap down. Here comes Walter down to the inside. He puts the green and white Mountain Dew Buick right up alongside Bonnet as they go to turn one. But Neil's going to battle back on the high side. Maybe get a shove from Jody Ridley, but Walter is too strong this time on the low side of the racetrack. Walter, the leader. Neil Bonnet goes high. He'll try and battle second spot with Ridley. That's the first time today we've really seen Daryl just flat out muscle everybody else out there. He has taken the lead with authority, and he is has left the number 90 machine of Ridley side by side with Bonnet for second place. Ridley may come out of that with a runner-up spot. Ridley does as they come off the corner and an unscheduled pit stop for Terry Labonte. Ned, it looked like they just changed tires. Yes, they did, Barney, and I suspect they ran over something and cut a tire down just like Ricky Rudd did, caused his unscheduled pit stop. Barney Holly caught up with Kyle Petty. Kyle, you had to park the STP Pontiac. What was the problem? Well, I don't know. After about, uh, I guess after we had the first pit stop, the clutch came out of the car, and I was just having to snatch the thing in gear. We couldn't get in and out of the pits good, 
And uh, on that last restart, we knew it was only a matter of time before the clutch finally did come out of it. And when it did, it just let the thing turn about 9,100 RPMs and just blowed the thing up. Well, Kyle Petty, I was a blown engine. 11 cars in the lead draft this time as they work the banking in turn number four. Wheel backed out of line. Walker's in front and Ridley putting a little heat on him. Takes a look down on the inside as though he wants to go after the lead, then tucks back in. Harrigan will hold third behind those front two. Fourth spot for Neil Bonnet feeling the heat now. It'll be nearly a three-wide battle off the turn. Morgan Shepard, Joe Rutman, Richard Petty, Bobby Allison. Lead trio trying to get away. That is a real dogfight back there for seventh spot. Bobby Allison got hung out to dry that lap. He was way up by the wall. Had no place to get in line. He's still three abreast with Petty and Morgan Shepard. That's scary. There are still three wide coming out of turn number four, and Shepard is the meat in that sandwich. He's got to give way. We have trouble off turn number two. Trying to hang on is J.D. McDuffie's car who shows a good bit of smoke and snakes down the back stretch. He keeps it pointing straight ahead. So J.D. will head around to the pitch. A good bit of driving for him. And here are the leaders off turn two. It's still Waltrip in front. Cody Ridley second. Here's Gant challenging. McDuffie coasting by us. I wouldn't have given you 29 cents for his chance of keeping that thing straight. He did a great job. Waltrip the leader. Ridley strong in second. Gant is third. Down low is Bonnet and Allison again runs way up on top. Maybe he's doing that on purpose. That scramble's beginning to heat up again right up in the front of the pack with Waltrip the leader now. Ridley doing a superb job here this afternoon. He's another driver that'll be leaving at the end of the 1982 Winston Cup season. Here's an unscheduled pit stop. One of the early front runners, Jeff Bodine is on pit road coming down right in front of Ned. It is an unscheduled pit stop the crew runs around to the right side to change the right side tire so he must have had a tire going down or either it could have been a bad vibration Mike but it's definitely an unscheduled pit stop for Bodine they hope they can get back out in front of the leaders Daryl Bryant and the crew have the tire chain now they're coming around to change the left side tire so apparently he did have a vibration don't know which tire it might have been a lot of times the tires will equalize and uh, cause a vibration it's hard to tell which wheel it is so they changed all four he has now gone a lap down Jeff Bodine after a good run of the early going here this afternoon is one lap behind. Waltrip's the leader. Ridley rides second. Third is Gant. Fourth is Petty. That's Richard back in fifth position. Will be Neil Bonnet. Six is Bobby Allison as they work the backstretch and head to turn three. I'm fascinated by Allison here. He has all of a sudden decided to run way up on top of the racetrack. He is side by side with the Joe Rutman for that six spot to lap after lap, and the car appears to be sticking up there very well. He now has Buddy Baker to run with. It's an interesting development here. Bobby Allison certainly has one of the strongest cars in the field. Just about everybody in the garage area would have picked either he or Waltrip to win this race, along maybe with Cale Yarborough sharing the favorite stroll this afternoon. But if you joined our broadcast late, Cale involved in a crash a little bit earlier here this afternoon, and his car is in the garage. Yarborough is okay. Field strings out in the backstretch with Waltrip the leader. I asked Darrell yesterday if winning the race at Rockingham last weekend took any pressure at all off his battle for the championship. Well, it was a critical race. Uh, we knew that going into that race because so many things could happen there, and it did. It cut Allison's chances in a third, you know. He's got two races to go now. If we can get through here now, this race looms as all the more critical uh, as we come into it, but uh, we can get through here now, then I really would feel comfortable going to Riverside because I believe we can go out there and if we had to, just kind of stroke on in and get a pretty decent finish. Well, Waltrip and Allison are probably the two best road course runners still left running today. You have to include David Pearson in that, but Pearson will not be at Riverside, California. So if it goes down to a shootout out there, Ned, you really couldn't flip a coin for the difference between these two, could you? No, you couldn't really, Barney, because both of them really drive that racetrack well. They, uh, both of them have been, been the biggest winners there in the last few years, so no, you really couldn't. 
field is back in turn number one. And for the moment, everybody says, hey, let's run single file a lap or two just to see what happens there in front of Eli Gold. It's Waltrip following him as Gant, Richard Petty, then Jody Ridley, Neil Bonnet, Bobby Allison. Then comes the Buddy Baker automobile, Joe Rutman, Morgan Shepard, and the other cars as they work single file on the back stretch. That's pretty much the running order. The only guy who came out of line there was Neil Bonnet, and he just breathed before it and then pulled it back in. So you've got 10 cars running right in a row down off turn four. The front 10 positions just about a car length apart at the Atlanta Raceway, and we have passed the halfway mark. 172 laps are now being posted on the board. 328 make the distance. Here's a bit for the lead. Harry Gant will go around Dale Waltrip here using the low side of turns one and two. And off the second turn, it's a new leader, Harry Gant. Waltrip and then Richard Petty, one, two, three. Gant likes Atlanta. He runs strong here, and he made an authoritative move on Darrell Waltrip right there, having come back from a lap down. That's a neat way to win a race. If you can get a lap down and then come back and regain that lap and go on to win it. Front five content to run nose to tail, but there's been really some dicing going on back there for seventh and eighth and ninth and tenth position. Joe Rutman and Morgan Shepard really hammering on each other. And here's Shepard taking a look on the inside of Rutman down the back chute as they head for three. Decided not to. Harry Gant still sitting out front. Shepard continuing to work on Rutman, who has sort of reemerged here to hold on to that eighth spot as they work the three and four banking. Out of the corner, Gant brings him back to the line of that 7-11 Skull Bandit. One race to his credit this year. Let's make that two up at Charlotte Motor Speedway and, of course, up at Martinsville as Gant takes him back into the banking in the east end of the speedway. He looks awfully strong right now, but if you had to pick out a dominant car in the field, there ain't no way you could do it at this juncture. They're in the back stretch. you got to like Richard Petty a little bit because he's run perhaps most consistently up front today. A lot of people have been up there and then been to the back. Allison has still led the most laps, and he is now fourth chasing Richard as they work on Darrell Walter and Harry Gant. Ned, would it help Bobby any to ride, maybe say a couple of positions behind him that close and, and figure out maybe where Darrell is awfully strong in the corner? Yes, certainly uh, all the top running drivers normally, Barney, will look at each other if, if one does have a particular advantage and uh, maybe it's just a particular groove that he's riding on the racetrack. And so they'll seek that out, watching the other drivers. And then, of course, uh, when it gets down to the end of this thing, he wants to know where his strong points are and his weak points. So he's sizing them up, no question about that. They're in turn three. They squeeze around the Darrell Sage automobile. Richard Petty just about got boxed in there, but found room and got behind Harry Gant as Waltrip continues to lead him off. Front five tied together. Jody Ridley running fifth, hanging right with that lead pack. Buddy Baker is sixth. Neil Bonnet is seventh. As the Tommy Gale Dick May automobile comes back onto the speedway, the leaders are in turn two. Eighth place runner is still going to be Morgan Shepard. Joe Rutman will be running ninth now. The tenth place automobile on the racetrack would be the Benny Parsons car. As now they work the back straightaway, still single file. Walter breaks it off into the third turn. Bobby Allison, his nemesis for the championship, two positions, and call that about six car lengths behind. Gant, who's had a pretty strong run here this afternoon, settles back into the second spot. Harry told me yesterday he thought this race today would be the best of the year. It's uh, you know, there's a bunch of cars up there running about the same speed, so it's going to be one of the best races of the year, I figure. And Gant's right in the thick of it now, hanging on to the second spot behind Darrell Walter. Just about a car length between first and second. Darrell's the leader. Gant rides second. Richard Petty, who's been up there, led his share of laps this afternoon. Now about six or seven car lengths back in third spot over in turn three. Harry Gant never really got out of the lead pack. He made that stop that cost him about a lap and a half. He's been able to run with the leaders all day. He scrambled around, got himself back in the lead lap. So Harry is very strong out there. Back to the start-finish line. Walter began, and he is closing in on Allison's number of laps led in this race. Bobby's led 42 unofficially, and Darrell has now led 
36. So that extra five wins to cup bonus points, and who knows how important that could be two weeks from today at Riverside, California. Waltrip, four, make that five car length advantage in the back straightaway. Waltrip knows how important it was. He was very upset after Ryan. Well, turn, turn, turn one, a back up into the wall is going to be late speed as the car began smoking very heavily from the engine compartment. He went backwards and spun up to the wall, made contact, and comes down now out of harm's way. He makes no contact with other automobiles, and now he just sits the car smoking on the grassy apron. Could have a record number of caution flags here before the day is out. That is the eighth one of the afternoon as Lake Speed has pounded the wall down in turn number one, and the car comes to rest on the apron of the track. Jeff Bodine elects to make a pit stop. He had been running second. There will still be one more lap before we'll go back to racing. As the field is sweeping by the start-finish line, Dave Marcus is being posted as the leader when Bodine pits this as he is on pit road right now. That is going to move Waltrip up to second spot. Actually, he was a lap down, Barney. He made an unscheduled pit stop earlier for a four-tire change. He's going back out now after making a four-tire change once again. And I suspect that as strong as that car has been here today, that uh, Daryl Bryant and the crew figure with four fresh tires on it, even though he'll be back near the rear of the pack, that he might be able to run the leaders down and get back in that lead lap. We'll add to that lineup we gave you a minute ago. Philip Duffy and the Travis Tiller cars are both running six or more laps behind. Very quickly, cars out of the race. J.D. McDuffie, Kyle Petty, Ron Bouchard, and Marty Robbins. Dale Earnhardt and Cale Yarborough crashed earlier in this race. They're out of the race. Jerry Bowman, Dick May, Donnie Allison, Glenn Jarrett, and Steve Moore are the retirees to date. Dick May is back in the race. He is in relief of Tommy Gale. This is a bit of a lengthy caution up as cleanup efforts continue. For a quick update, let's go to Eli Gold. Well, Mike, as far as the debris and the speedy dry, everything's been cleaned up. They're right now hooking the Lake Speed car up to the wrecker out here in the turn, and everybody climbing back into the uh, cabs and what have you. So uh, a little last bit of uh, cleanup here, a few push broom still being used. We should be set to go very, very quickly. We'll check on the rundown. Two cars still in contention. Buddy Arrington's car is in the lineup. He is running three laps down. We also neglected to give you DK Ulrich and the Daryl Sage automobiles, and those complete the cars that are running. Well, Buddy Baker's had a pretty good afternoon. He had an outstanding run up at Rockingham last weekend, and this will be his last appearance in the Harry Rainier car as he'll be moving to the Wood Brothers next year to take over the 21 ride, and Baker is just ecstatic about that. I talked about it yesterday. He's jumped around probably as much as any driver in this business over the years. He's been with about every major team at one time or another. And Buddy had some special thoughts about the chemistry just not being there. And a driver has to sometimes keep changing teams to make it happen, doesn't he? Well, proof of that divorce court. When you get married, you love her to death. But that don't always end up 20 years later being the thing you really want to do. And, and uh uh, you know, it's not to say that uh, any team that I've been with has been that bad, but uh, I don't really feel in the past couple of years that, that I've really been able to tie the whole thing together. And, and uh, fortunately, this time, I don't have to worry about tying it together. It's already there. All i got to do is set myself into it. The thoughts of Buddy Baker about getting into the Wood Brothers car, and Neil Bonnet, who will be getting out of that ride, has mixed emotions about leaving the Wood Brothers. Well, way more so than anybody thinks. I've... We've got a prof professional relationship, but more so than that, we've got a good friendship. I'm very close friends with Leonard, Eddie and Lynn and Glenn and all the guys. And, you know, I, I hate to leave because of the friendship thing. And I feel like their car is always capable of winning, but you got to turn right back around and say, well, I've got to make it. I've got to do it because of whatever the reason is, and we've got to go try to win somewhere else. So I'm going to try to see if we can't win one of these last two. Well, he's been hanging it out here today, and don't count him out because he's been right up there. 
There are still several drivers whose plans are up in the air for 1983. Uh, Tim Richmond has been mentioned in a number of deals. A couple of stories broke in the paper this morning about one of them that is a rather spectacular arrangement. We talked to Richmond uh, about the rumors and about his plans for next year, and he told us. I will retire as soon as I uh, win my next race. Right, and Christmas will come on July 29th next year. One announcement that did come as a bit of a surprise. A lot of people figured that Richard Petty trying to get Kyle out of the family car as he drove some races for Haas Ellington this year and that he might not be in a petty car next year. But Richard said that when Kyle did get into Haas's car, he learned an awful lot of things about his own operation. We started off at the beginning of the year and, you know, we were running two cars and we kept going and going and we kept going downhill, I guess. We, we kept trying to see what our problems were, but it's one of those deals where you can't see the forest for the trees. And we, when, when Kyle went with Haas, then we were able to look at what was really hurting us, you know what I mean? It's, the problems that we're having internally and then when Kyle came back we were able to solve those problems before he came back and the system's been working pretty good since then so uh, from that standpoint we would like to keep Kyle in the fold we think we've got our organization now such that we're able to run two cars and run them both competitive and if in doing so we would like to have him there but if we can't work out a, a sponsorship or anything where we can afford to do like what we want to do then we might have to farm him out again this coming year. We're about set to go back to green here at Atlanta. 191 of the 328 laps that will make up the Journal 500 this afternoon are in the record book, and the field is over in front of Dave Despain. Darrell Waltrip sits out front, adding to his total of laps led, and look who's right there behind him, Bobby Allison. 37 points apart they are in the Grand National standings as they come off turn four looking for this green flag. Pace cars down on the apron of the track getting in behind pit wall. Field holding it down to about 80 miles an hour out of that corner. That'll jump to about 165 or 70 before they hit the first turn. Harold Kinder waves the green and they come a-digging. And Walker gets a good jump on the field, pulls away from Bobby Allison by seven or eight car lengths. And right now, between Waltrip and the rest of the pack, you're going to have the Terry Labonte automobile. So as they come off turn number two and work down the back straightaway, it's Waltrip, the leader. Add to the coincidence there, Labonte, of course, is third rank in the point standings. He's a lap down in the race here as they work their way off turn the backstretch and into turn three. It's Waltrip, then Labonte, then Allison. Ricky Rudd is wedged into four spots, but they go through abreast. Up to the outside goes Harry Gant. Inside comes Morgan Shepard. Terry Labonte trying to get his lap back as he trails Darrell Waltrip back to the line. He's right there. Allison is a second-place car. Third is Morgan Shepard. They're three wide for the fourth position. Down on the inside is Richard Petty. Richard Petty right now battling with Harry Gant's automobile right now as they come off turn number two. Darrell Waltrip is the leader. Labonte is second. Third is Bobby Allison. Morgan Shepard going for it. Morgan looking strong. He sat on the pole here today. He was side by side with Gant and Petty who have been up front all day. He just flat ran around them and has put three car lengths on him now as he hooks up in a four car draft for the lead. Terry Labonte wants back on the lead lap and he takes that Texas Jeans Buick to the high side off turn number four. He's going to get his lap back right here at the start finish line as three cars will battle for the lead. It's Allison, Shepard, and Waltrip to turn one. Allison now working with Morgan Shepard right behind him. Waltrip running in the third spot. Tucked in behind the Waltrip automobile. Harry Gant inside of Richard Petty. Jeff Bodine, who is now showing at least a lap, maybe two down. They'll mix it up on the back stretch. For the second time today, Bobby Allison has driven around Darrell Waltrip and taken the lead away from him. That could be significant as this thing winds down. Allison the leader. Shepard is second. Labonte has got his lap back and runs third on the racetrack. As they come back, Labonte gets shuffled back in the field and will go a lap down again. Allison is surfaced at the head of the pack and a moment ago 
you would have thought, well, maybe Waltrip is the strongest car because he had pulled his way to the front and put a couple of muscle moves on. Now, all of a sudden, here comes Bobby, just blam, and he's right back out there in front right. of Eli Gold. So Bobby Allison right now showing the way over Morgan Shepard. For the moment, nobody among the immediate leaders makes a move. The only move in that pack is the number 50 car of Jeff Bodine, which indeed with those four fresh tires is cutting a trail. Bodine is a lap down, but he's passing people at the lightning pace here. Well, right now, unofficially, Waltrip and Allison have both led the same number of laps or just within a lap or two. And no doubt both of their scorekeepers down in the pits are keeping track of that. Those five bonus points loom awfully important as we get down to the end of the season. So the leaders now again, for the moment, stabilizing. Allison Morgan Shepard, Richard Petty, the Darrell Walship car, Harry Gant, then the Neil Bonnet automobile sneaking through traffic. The race within a race here is so interesting because Allison and Walter Barr, of course, battling for the championship. Last week at Rockingham, they finished 1-2 and left there still 37 points apart. This has to be the best race I've ever seen in Atlanta, and I don't think I've missed too many, but this afternoon, from the time they've dropped the green right up through the 197th lap, there's been eight, nine cars right up there knocking on the door all day long. Morgan Shepard takes a shot at Bobby Allison again in turn two. He had an idea. He looked to the inside of Bobby Allison and thought better of it. Now Richard Petty off number two. He wants second place. He's there with Morgan Shepard. Richard to the inside, working on Shepard, looking at Allison. He has got Shepard, and now Richard Petty will be setting his sights on Bobby Allison, remember what we said earlier about the combination. It'll come and go here. The key is to have it at the finish. Richard Petty works his way right back up to the front of the field. He says it's tough in practice and to set up these cars for this race. You can get the car to run where it'll be fast, but that doesn't mean you can race with it. Oh, they're not the same. Uh, you can set the car up and really get around the racetrack quick, but then you can't race anybody. So what you've got to do is make the car comfortable and work on the deal where that the car drives and you can race with somebody and then you work on a deal to get it to do that just as fast as you can. He's done it up in front of Dave Despain. He just raced right around Bobby Allison like Bobby was tied to a post. It's Richard Petty leading. Barney Hall, one driver who has made a good showing here today is Jody Ridley and the Junie Donlevy Ford number 90. He's in the pits now, an unscheduled pit stop. They're adding water to the radiator on the car, so apparently he had an overheating problem, but he's gone down a couple of laps. He's going back out now, but he's out of it as far as uh, uh, having any chance of winning this race. Barney, two seasons ago at Daytona, when they first brought these new downsized race cars to NASCAR, they had some teething problems. The cars didn't want to handle. John Anderson and Connie Saylor took flying lessons down the backstretch at Daytona. But since then, and I think in particularly this race, I can't remember a race with the big cars at Atlanta where you'd see them going three wide anywhere near as often as we've seen them today. Well, it's a combination of two things, and I feel that Ned will agree with this also. The one thing is, of course, the They've had a lot more time to work with the cars and know what they'll do. And the second thing, as Ned pointed out earlier in our broadcast, is the new tire that Goodyear developed and did the testing on. I think you've hit it exactly on the head, uh, Barney. They just keep learning things about these cars, how the airflow is, how it reacts uh, in traffic, what they can do to compensate for some of the radical movements that the car would make when they first came out with them. So as they've learned those, plus those tires, uh, really has made the cars much more stable. And when you give the driver that much more confidence, he has the confidence and the crew in the car and the new tire sticking that much better. They're not afraid to take them in there too deep and three deep as we've seen all afternoon here at Atlanta. With Richard Petty in the lead, we've just cracked 207 laps coming up on 208 of the 328 that will make up the race. There will be 100 laps 
what, 120 laps to go here as they come by this time and head back into turn number one with Petty out front and not about to give up the lead the way he's running right now. He's in front of Eli Gold. Richard Petty working well, and again, it's uh, so interesting to point out he runs well down low, but also when he has to go up high and pass some slower or some slower race traffic, he's been able to handle that without much problem as well. Remember, Richard Petty has not won a race this year. He's been close repeatedly. Boy, this would be a big one for the Petty crew if they could pull out a victory here this afternoon, particularly over the likes of this competition they're facing right now in Bobby Allison. Let's give you the way they're running the cars that are still in contention, 28 of them with 13 of those on the lead lap. Richard Petty riding at the head of the field, Bobby Allison is second with Morgan Shepard third, Darrell Waltrip fourth, Neil Bonnet is now in the fifth spot. As of 200 laps, the sixth place car was Harry Gant, seventh was the Buddy Baker automobile, eighth was Benny Parsons, and ninth was Joe Rutland. Tim Richmond was in the tenth spot with Bill Elliott 11th, Dave Marcus in 12th, 13th was Rick Wilson. One lap off the pace in 14th was Ricky Rudd, 15th to Mark Martin, the 16th spot to Jeff Bodine, in 17th Terry Labonte, 18th Rodney Combs, and 19th, now one lap off the pace, Jody Ridley. Two laps down in 20th is Jimmy Means, and 21st is D.K. Ulrich. Three laps back, Lenny Pond of the James Hilton car, 22nd, 23rd Buddy Arrington, and five or more laps off the pace, Shows Philip Duffy in 24th spot, 25th to Bobby Walwack, 26th is Travis Tiller, 27th Daryl Sage, and 28th Dick May in relief of Tommy Gale. Richard Petty is the leader. Bobby Allison rides second. Morgan Shepard still hangs on to that third spot, about a car length between those front three. And Bobby Allison, who's just been wearing out the speedway here this afternoon, has led a little over 42 laps at the last count we had from scoring. And I talked to his crew chief, Gary Nelson, at length yesterday. You've got to give this young team an awful lot of credit. Nelson is the nucleus of that team. He seems to pull them together. He doesn't ever get excited. He's a very cool young fella and doesn't have that really that much time in this business. But he told me he, he agrees with Bobby Allison's philosophy of racing. They come to win. Right. The, the name of this game is to win races. Uh, the championship is a product of winning races. And... Uh, we're, we're not satisfied at all we to back somebody. off. We want to run wide open. If we have a problem with the car, we want to cure the problem, not slow down to prevent it from happening again. So that's, that's really the only way you're going to find out how strong your car is, is to put it to the floor. And that's exactly what Bobby has been doing here all afternoon. Another stop for Jody Ridley just a moment ago. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. And this time, it was for a change of right side tires. They did fill it up with gasoline, so Jody went uh, at least another lap down on this unscheduled pit stop. Ridley would go at least three laps behind, according to NASCAR scoring, after these two unscheduled stops. Tough break for the winner of the Mason-Dixon 500 a year ago up at Dover, Delaware, still searching his second victory on the NASCAR Winston Cup circuit. 213 laps in the record book as Richard Petty continues to lead them across down to turn one. So Richard Petty right now with about five car lengths on Bobby Allison, who has about two and a half on Morgan Shepard. Now, when you talk about Bobby Allison right now, he's just got to keep hounding away, although it's still a 200, or excuse me, 115 laps or so remain in this event. Bobby Allison's hanging very, very tough, waiting for the least little bobble from Richard Petty. Better give a call to Bill uh, Elliott in car number nine. He's come from way back now. He's moved into fifth place. He's moving around Jeff Bodine now as he come off of turn four, and he is definitely gaining on the leaders. At the Atlanta International Raceway, as the laps wind down here on just a beautiful afternoon, an autumn afternoon, and right now it continues to be Richard Petty. Everybody took a shot at him in the early going here this afternoon. He's fell back a couple of times and come right back to the front. But right now, he's just driving away from the field in front of Eli Gold. Yeah, Richard Petty at this point, let's call it about 20, maybe even 25 car lengths over Bobby Allison. And again, the lead automobiles, Allison, Morgan Shepard, Darrell Waltrip, 
All working low on the racetrack, working traffic well, but Petty's just stepping on it. Richard's cooking for sure. He has opened up a big advantage. Elliott is continuing to reel in the three-car battle of Allison, Morgan Shepard, and Darrell Waltrip, and it looks like that's going to tighten up into a four-car battle very shortly. Here's Petty back across the line. He has stretched his lead now to almost two seconds over Bobby Allison. That's been the biggest breathing room anyone has had here this afternoon as we're 220 laps into the 328 that will make up the Atlanta Journal 500. That battle for the second spot, not too much going there either. Bobby Allison is about eight to ten car lengths ahead of Morgan Shepard. Walter rides along in the fourth position as they head back to Dave Despain. The seen him come, seen him go award goes to Harry Gant at this moment. Harry sat on the outside pole, got himself a lap down, got it back, ran with the leaders, and now for some reason has faded back into the ruck again. And Harry seems to have lost all the strength in his car. Harry's really backslid through the field. Let's push, put him in about the ninth position and mark him about a third of the lap behind. As the leaders go to turn number one, Harry is just rounding out of turn number four. So Petty is the leader. Bobby Allison rides in the second spot with Morgan Shepard third, Darrell Walter fourth, and Barney looks like everybody's just kind of riding for a while. Well, it always ends up that way in a 500-mile race. There'll be a stretch maybe between one pit stop where everybody says we've been up there, we've run hard against this one and that one. We pretty well know where their strong and weak points are. Let's just take the car easy for a while and peel off 100 miles or so. Here comes Darrell Waltrip underneath Morgan Shepard. He's trying to move up a notch as Bobby Allison is beginning to pull away a little bit. They're door to door back in turn one. It's Waltrip who goes underneath Morgan Shepard, takes the position away. Richard Petty was nearly or just at three seconds of an advantage over Darrell Waltrip. So Waltrip decided to take the initiative right there and now he's on the back straight away with a car length of an advantage over Shepard. You can bet somebody's watching that interval and uh, passing along radio messages and that the interval that we're seeing here are partly a function of strategy and partly a function of who can just go how fast out there. Here is Jody Ridley back in the pits for a third time, and he is losing valuable ground. Another unscheduled stop after a good, strong run in the early going. Ridley was right up there battling for the lead, but now he's having more than his share of mechanical problems. They're back under the hood again on that car, Barney. The, the car is overheating. There was some smoke coming from uh, the engine as he came into the pit area. Junior Don Levy now looking. He and his son, Richard Don Levy, had looked, and they're putting the hood back down, so I believe that's going to be all for Jody Ridley for today. He made one of the better runs here today that I've seen him all year long. Jody Ridley is a race driver. He's leaving that team, or says he is at the end of the season, and just where he'll surface or whose car he might get into next year. He says he has no definite plans. He's shopping around for a ride. When you heard us talk with Gary Nelson a few minutes ago, the crew chief on Bobby Allison's Gatorade team and his battle for the championship with Darrell Walker, we wanted to get the thoughts of Junior Johnson about his team also. How does he rate his team against Bobby's as they come down to these last two races? Well... I, you know, of course, uh, I, I think we got the best team. Of course, I'm sure they think they got the best team, but uh, I got a lot of guys that's unheard of, and they, you know, a lot of people said they ain't proved themselves, so uh, it's a toss-up as far as what people think, but I think we definitely have a real good race today. Thoughts of Junior Johnson as they get down to the last two races of the season. Bobby Allison, what about it? Can your team handle the pressure against Junior? Well, I really feel they can. I think that uh, a lot of unusual things have happened. And I think we really got to review the fact that back uh, uh, at the beginning of the season when, when the defending champions were asked uh, who they thought contenders were be, would be for this year, uh, we weren't even mentioned. And uh, I think a lot of people felt that way. And... Our guys have worked hard, they've showed their talent, and they've showed their togetherness uh, and their continued effort, and uh, I think they'll do fine under the closing uh, 
races here. Uh, if we win it, uh, we're going after it. If we don't, well, we went after it and we did our best job. Thoughts of Bobby Allison as they get down to the final two races of the season for the national driving title, the Winston Cup Championship. And Mike Joy, I don't think either one of them have gained or lost that much ground, at least in this juncture of the race. No, they're certainly keeping each other in check. In fact, the chase for the Gillette Atcher Laugh Leader Award and the five Winston Cup bonus points that go with it have really heated up. Allison, unofficially, according to our tally, has led 46 laps. Waltrip has led 42, and Richard Petty is now out in front for his 44th lap. And those five points, as we mentioned, important to all three of those drivers because some of those positions further down, never mind the front spot, are as few as five points apart. So it yet could change and go the other way for either driver if they leave here with no difference, no more than, say, five or six points, either gaining or losing on either driver and go into Riverside. That's going to be one whale of a finish out there. Well, it's almost a certainty the championship will not be decided here today. Waltrip came in here with a 37-point bulge. Jack Arruda of the Mountain Dew team did some quick figuring for us and showed that if Waltrip won the race and led the most laps, Allison would have to finish 24th or further back than that in order for Darrell to clinch the Winston Cup here. And neither of those uh, seem to be a possibility, so it appears we will certainly go to Riverside in two weeks for the Winston Western 500 and decide the chase for the Winston Cup. They've just posted 228 laps on the scoreboard, 100 laps to go here at Atlanta. This afternoon in the Atlanta Journal 500, here comes the leader out of turn number four, Richard Petty. Right now, Bobby Allison has chopped down that interval a moment ago. It was about two seconds. Allison's clinched it down now to about 12 or 15 car lengths as they work in turn two. And at the same time, Darrell Waltrip has broken away from Bill Elliott, who is now past Morgan Shepard. And Waltrip is trying to pick up some much-needed ground on Bobby Allison, and he's only down by about six or seven car lengths to second-place runner. Been watching those two leaders, uh, Petty and Allison. It's really impossible to see where Allison is made up that interval, but he certainly has done so. Richard is running a little bit higher on the racetrack, but so is Allison. It seems to be a trade-off, but Bobby's definitely gaining on him. But Bill Elliott has the fastest race car on the track. He came from way back, and he has run those leaders down right now as the battle tightens up in turn one for the lead. Let's call it a car length and a half. Richard Petty over Bobby Allison, who is right there. Forget the car length and a half. It's nose to tail. One, two, three right now. Petty, Allison, Walchett, and then six car lengths down is Bill Elliott. They're going to shuffle at the point. Just like a big rubber band. You stretch it way out, and then it just snaps right back together again. Petty on the inside. Allison drives around the outside. Richard may be going to the pits. Waltrip moves into the number two spot. Elliott will pass on the outside, as Petty is down low. Here's what the fans have been waiting for. Darrell Waltrip took a shot at Bobby Allison going into the first turn. He was up there for a second, but has to come out of the throttle. He was there, but he now tucks right back in behind the 88 car. So it's Allison nose to tail with Waltrip. No moves this time. The two previous confrontations went to Allison. This time it's Waltrip on the inside. He's got the position, but he doesn't have the move. Allison hangs onto that spot as they work turn four. Back into the corner, Waltrip is strong going into four. He has the inside groove, and he is door to door with Bobby Allison as they come down to the line. If this had been the last lap, it would have been Waltrip by no more than six inches. They're door to door in one again. And they're still hanging tough. This time Allison goes high. Waltrip will give him some room while staying on the low side of the racetrack. Now off turn two, Allison takes that high side of the groove, but here's Waltrip coming right back. Does he have it? Boy, this is as good as it gets. In Winston Cup racing, they race all year long. They're only 37 points apart, and now here they are racing for the lead at Atlanta, a car length apart. It's Allison leading Waltrip off the fourth turn. Shepard and Elliott right there. Richard Petty, meanwhile, is back on the speedway, but he has lost a lap to the leaders, both of whom will have to pit. An unusually long pit stop for Richard. The car fell off the jack, and they had to get another jack to get the car back up in the air. And that 
maybe a costly miscue. Put him in line for the Goodies Headache Award, along with fellows like Dale Earnhardt, Marty Robbins, and Ron Bouchard, who are all out of this race today. Mike Joy, we've caught up with a driver who had a good run this afternoon. Jody Ridley, a very good run. You ran with the leaders all afternoon, but you had the Parker J.D. Stacy Ford. What happened? I, we might have blew a head gasket on that last caution I had. I looked down, and the temperature was getting up on me. And uh, we tried to cool it down, back off, and uh, uh, you know, I just couldn't ever get a cool back down. So, uh, of course, you know, I think right up front, that's about the best we run all probably in the last three years. And uh, you know, I think Bud pumped the motor up a little more for this race, and uh, you know, I, I just tickled death. But I think I probably could have taken the lead there once, but I felt like I was running the engine a little too hard, and just just thought we'd just hang in there, but it just didn't pan out. Well, Jody Ridley was the 13th car to retire, and Rick Wilson just brought that car in and parked it. He's the 14th car out of the race. 239 laps complete here at Atlanta in the Journal 500 this afternoon. Leader right now is Bobby Allison. Walter hangs on to the second spot. Shepard is third. Fourth is Elliott. Fifth right now is Neil Bonnet. Ned Jarrett made a journey down to the Richard Petty pits on that unscheduled stop a moment ago. Let's go to him for a report. Yes, Barney came in about 20 laps too early. The others will have to be coming in in about uh, 10 to 12 laps for scheduled pit stops, but Petty had blistered the right front tire on the STP Pontiac. So he came in, and then, as you mentioned, he had a problem, or they had a problem with the jack, fell off, and uh, it was an extended pit stop, much longer than they normally would take. Well, even though regular pit stops going to be coming up here in about 15 or 20 laps, the front four are beginning to get after it. Morgan Shepard's trying to get around Darrell Waltrip and Bobby Allison on the outside and both ends of the speedway as he swings past Eli Gold. He's tried that five or six times, Barney, but each time Shepard has to tuck right back in behind Waltrip in third. On three and four, he hasn't been able to do much better, and Bill Elliott has found that the rest of the field were a whole lot easier to pass than the front three cars. He ran down the leaders, but he's not having any luck getting around them. Let's take you back through the field as Allison brings them off turn four and back to the start-finish line for the 241st lap. Walter riding second, Shepard is third, Elliott is fourth, and Neil Bonnet is in the fifth spot. Running along back in the sixth position would now be Buddy Baker. In seventh, Joe Rutman. Eighth to Benny Parsons. Ninth to Tim Richmond. In the tenth spot, Harry Gant. Eleventh is Dave Marcus. Rick Wilson was twelfth. He's now in the garage area. So one lap down, Jeff Bodine will move up to the twelfth spot. Thirteenth will be Mark Martin. Fourteenth is Ricky Rudd and Richard Petty who was leading when he made that pit stop, now finds himself back in the 15th spot. Two laps down, 16th is Rodney Combs, 17th, Terry Labonte, 18th, D.K. Ulrich, and 19th is Jimmy Means. In the 20th spot, three laps back is Buddy Arrington, 21st is Lenny Pond. Five or more laps off the pace, Philip Duffy is 22nd, 23rd is Bobby Wawak, 24th is Travis Tiller, 25th is Daryl Sage, and 26th, in relief of Tommy Gale, is Dick May in the Elmo Langley car. 242 laps are in the record book here at Atlanta Raceway this afternoon. Bobby Allison, the leader, and he's trying to work around some lap traffic over in turn number four, but that car has been able to go pretty much where Allison wanted it this afternoon, along with about 15 of the other drivers. I don't think I've ever seen the crews come here and do as much homework as they've done in the last three or four days here at Atlanta, because everybody, for the most part, this afternoon's car has been working pretty much like they wanted it to. Allison in front. Right behind him, Darrell Waltrip, just two car lengths. They're in turn two. And then right behind him, Morgan Shepard. Right behind Morgan Shepard, Bill Elliott. They negotiate around four slower cars and head to turn three. Hadn't been a bit of change in the running order there, but there's sure been some great racing going on among that quartet with Waltrip uh, putting the pressure on Allison and Elliott trying to get around Shepard. 
Barney, this is the longest they've run in one stretch without making a pit stop this afternoon. They've had a number of caution flags that's let them come in and change those tires and make adjustments. So we're really getting down now to seeing whose cars really work best, and that could be very significant at the end of the race should this race go on uh, the rest of the way without another caution. Whose car will work the best on those hot, used tires as we get down near the end? Wouldn't surprise me to see a couple of them. I've done a little bit of calculating here. We said that they should be coming in the next 10 to 12 laps. I think that they'll stretch this stop just as long as they possibly can, try to make it on one more stop, but it's going to be close on both. Well, one driver who is strutting his stuff here this afternoon who is looking for a ride and a sponsor for 1983 is Morgan Shepard. He will leave the Ron Benfield organization, the Levi Garrett team, at the end of this season. Has not firmed up his plans for next year, but he would really love to get a win right here to set him up for next season. Right, I'd, I'd really like to do it for Levi Garrett. All the guys, they've really put in a... Uh, a lot of hard work on the car to prepare it for, for this race. They completely resheet metaled it, and uh, they really prepared it, and it, uh, it paid off when we got here. Morgan's name has been linked with country singer T.G. Shepard, but Morgan told me in the garage yesterday that even if the two of them were to form a team, an outside major sponsorship would have to be found to put the deal together. Well, I think his replacement in that car is, I don't, I don't remember if they announced it yesterday or today, but it right now is about 99% certain that Joe Rutman will be the driver in the 98 Levi Garrett car next year. We've completed 246 laps at Atlanta. Not much has changed in the front four or five spots in the last 40 or 50. Bobby Allison is right out there at the head of the point. Darrell Waldrop's just riding along behind him, watching Allison's every move through the corners. And as Ned pointed out a little bit earlier, he may be learning where Allison's strong and where he's weak. And if it comes down to these two, it's going to be some shootout here at Atlanta this afternoon. But right now, they certainly don't have the field of themselves. There's at least eight or nine strong cars out there on the lead lap. And after they make this next round of pit stops, going to put the field pretty much close together again. And don't count out the young Georgia driver, Bill Elliott. I think probably half the racing world has been amazed that the way he's run this year, that he hasn't already had that car in victory lane. And there's not a track on the circuit he'd rather do it at than this one here because he considers Atlanta his home base. As the field comes out of the corner, Allison in front, Waltrip second, Morgan Shepard third, Bill Elliott fourth, just a couple of car lengths between those two. And now we're into scheduled pit stop. Here is Neil Bonnet in the Warner Hodgson's sponsored Wood Brothers for Thunderbird coming down pit road right in front of Ned. This would be a scheduled pit stop for him. Mike, he can't go the rest of the way from here. They go to the right side to change tires and of course uh, filling it up at the Union 76 gasoline, cleaning the windshield. They won't have time, I don't think, this time to make any adjustment. Now during the last caution period they made a little chassis adjustment on that car but he's away in 13 seconds flat. Good pit stop. From Atlanta International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com. 
Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Darrell Waltrip is on pit road to make his regular schedule stop along with Joe Rutman and Jeff Bonine. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. It was a pretty good pit stop for Darrell Waltrip. 16 and 17 seconds. They changed the right side tires and filled it up with gasoline. Morgan Shepard scheduled to come down pit road right now. They can't go the rest of the way from here. But Jeff Bodine is in the pits with a hood up on that car. They filled it up with gasoline, and now they're putting the hood back down as Morgan Shepard now rolls in in the Levi Garrett car. Buddy Parrott and the crew go to work on it, go to the right side to change tires, as we suspect they will do on all of the cars coming in this time around. And, of course, they fill them up with the gasoline, but still, Barney, there's too many laps remaining for them to be able to go the rest of the distance. A fantastic stop for Morgan Shepard. Would you believe 12 and 6 tenths seconds? Tim Richmond is also on pit road, and the pit work has become so critical here, and Jeff Bodine's car is being pushed backwards, and it looks like it's going to be a, one of those hard left turns for Jeff Bodine, and I think the only thing that has kept that team out of victory lane this year with Bodine at the wheel of the car has just been they have had more than their share of bad breaks. Darrell Waltrip told me yesterday just how critical pit stops are under green here and how easy it is to stuff a car in the wall. I've seen that happen a lot, too. Uh, pits is the same everywhere just about, though. You, you just cannot afford to come in the pit too hot uh, and scare the crew and get them to where they don't want to come over the wall and service the car. And by the same token, you don't want to tear out of the pit and take a chance on somebody pulling out in front of you and running over them. So you really have to go down pit road, at least I always have, real conservatively and try to do all my fancy driving and everything else on the racetrack, not in the pit. Well, it's a pretty good round of pit stops this time for everybody, and they've had the luxury most of the afternoon, Ned, of making the stops under under caution eight times they've been allowed to do that. Yes, this is the first time they've actually had to make pit stops during the green flag. Benny Parsons is in now in the Wayman and Bruton Buick, and he's out in 15 or 2 tenths seconds if he can get the car to fire. They're pushing him down, road, down pit road. Now he has it fired. That cost him a couple of extra seconds. Ned will walk over to the Jeff Bodine pit. They brought that car behind the wall, and they are working underneath the hood and underneath the left side, and chasing back to the garage for parts. We'll have a report for you from Ned in just a couple of minutes as Dave Marcus and Bobby Wawak, along with Lenny Pond, make their scheduled pit stops. 256 laps in the book here at Atlanta International Raceway. Two weeks from today, they'll head for Riverside, California, and end the chase for the Winston Cup, one of the most exciting that we've ever had in NASCAR Winston Cup racing with Bobby Allison and Darrell Waltrip just 37 points apart right now. And they'll head for Riverside to decide that Winston Cup championship in the Winston Western 500 just two weeks from today. If you're out in the West Coast area, you won't want to miss that one. It's bound to be one of the most exciting races of the season with the title on the line. Dave Marcus is one of the last of the front runners to make his regular schedule pit stop here in this round as he heads back onto the raceway. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Jeff Bodine is still sitting in the car number 50. Jeff, what's wrong? And we broke a spindle. Uh, it's been vibrating for about 20 laps. I didn't know what it was. And when I came in pit row and locked the brakes down, it broke the spindle. So we're kind of lucky it broke where it did. Well, they're trying to get that car repaired. Daryl Bryant and the rest of the crew changing that spindle. But, boy, it's costing him a lot of valuable time here now. Here's Bobby Allison dead on pit row to make his schedule pit stop. He is the last of the front runners to come in along with Bill Elliott as those two cars were running first and second. Now they're in the pits. Let's go back to you. And, of course, these would be scheduled pit stops for both of those drivers. They're changing the right side tires on Bill Elliott's car, number nine, as well as Bobby Allison's way down pit road. The Elliott crew leads the Ingersoll Ram pit st stop competition for 1982, so he's made a good pit stop, and he's away, and uh, so is Bobby Allison. Both those cars coming back onto the speedway, and this is going to jumble up the front of the field, and we'll check with scoring here right now and find out exactly 
what has happened in this last round, latest round of pit stops. It won't be the last because, as Ned pointed out, they will not be able to go the distance. None of them will. They will have to make one more stop at least. Well, Waltrip will be the leader as he comes around. No, let's make that Morgan Shepard. The two of those cars are right nose to tail. As they come off turn number four, we'll put Shepard in the lead and Darrell Waltrip right on his back bumper. Those would be the front twosome. Unofficially, we'll post Neil Bonnet in that third spot. Bill Elliott right between them. Elliott could be that third place car. Bonnet, Bobby Allison would be in the fourth spot. And Benny Parsons would be back in the fifth position where he is battling with Dave Marcus. So and now Morgan Shepard has yielded the lead to Darrell Waltrip here off turn number two, Mike. So Waltrip is on the point, as he say, nose to tail with Morgan Shepard. And Barney, let's, uh, let's not be too sure that all of them can't go the rest of the way. Bobby Allison and Bill Elliott went extremely long there on that run. And if they can go as long on this tank of gas as they did on the last one, they can go the rest of the way. Well, let's see. They've got 261 on the board and 328 to go, so about 104 miles they'd have to run. Well, they went about that far on this last pit stop. Well, it's going to every time we speculate on this and whether they're going to go to the distance, there always a caution comes out. Seem like somewhere in the last eight or ten laps, and all the figuring we do goes right out the window. But it will be an interesting point to see if they indeed, a couple of them, try to stretch it here this afternoon. With 261 laps of the 328 complete, the leader. A moment ago, Morgan Shepard. Now Bobby Allison has taken it back. So Allison, let's not make that Allison. Let's make it Darrell Walker, who has gone back into the lead. At the Atlanta International Raceway with 265 laps complete here this afternoon, Darrell Waltrip is the leader. Bill Elliott, who's been running extremely strong all afternoon and has chased down the leaders on a couple of occasions, has moved right back up into the second spot, and they're pushing Morgan Shepard's car back up pit road. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Buddy, what went wrong with the car number 98? Well, I think we dropped a valve. I don't know what happened. Car's running real, real strong all day, and it's a credit to the Levi Garrett uh, crew and everything. They did a good job, and Morgan drove a good race. Uh, we just had a little uh, problem with the engine. We think it is. It may be an, it may be an ignition problem. I don't know. We're going back to the garage to see if we can see what's wrong with it. Has to be one of the strongest runs you made this year, especially on a big track. Yeah, that's true. Seems like the uh, last three races we've been coming on, and uh, so maybe 1983 we'll get our stuff together and win about five, six races. Hey, that's Buddy Parrott. You can feel the, or hear the dejection in his voice as he uh, tries to explain what went wrong there. More dejection for the Bill Elliott crew. That car is coasting onto pit road, Barney. Bill Elliott, who slowed a moment ago, is now down on the apron of the track, and what a tough break for this Dawsonville, Georgia driver. He makes that left turn and goes behind the wall and will be in the garage area. Jerry Punch will try to chase him down and get a word with him about one of his, certainly one of his best runs. He had two outstanding runs up at Charlotte Motor Speedway earlier in the year and was right in the thick of it and very much in contention to win, but now he's in the garage. So very quickly, in the space of 20 laps, we've seen three of the somewhat of the favorites in this race. Jeff Bodine, Bill Elliott, and Morgan Shepard all go by the wayside, and of those three, it looks like only Bodine's car has a chance of getting back into this race, but is certainly out of contention. Waltrip is the leader. Allison is posted as the second-place car. Neil Bonnet rides in third. Richard Petty is the fourth-place machine. In the fifth spot, unofficially, would be Tim Richmond, sixth, Harry Gant, seventh, Joe Rutman, and eighth, Buddy Baker. Those would be the cars on the lead lap with 269 laps complete, 58 laps left to run to make up the 500 miles of this Atlanta Journal race. Well, for Darrell Waltrip, he's kind of bided his time, much as we've seen him do all season long in that Junior Johnson Mountain Dew car. 
And Waltrip has been running some of his best races this year by just pacing himself. He told me yesterday, but here you have to run hard in the latter part of the race, but this has not been a good racetrack for him. You have to run hard here. You know, I, I've, I've won here a couple of times, but really and truly, it's, it's always been because I did something right at the end in order to beat the other guy. I've never really led a lot of laps at this racetrack. I've never really... Uh, Never really been a, uh, this has not been a real good racetrack for me. So uh, I'm just looking to do what I've been doing here all along. I finished well here, have over the years. I'm just looking to finish well here. And our car seems to be running exceptionally good this time. And I feel really comfortable about that. So maybe this will be our race where we can lead a lot of laps and uh, win this thing. Keep well, no one will say that this Winston Cup championship was handed to anybody when you've got Waltrip and Allison just fighting along tooth and nail through this race. They've had other challengers, other drivers up front. In fact, 14 different drivers have led this race at one time or another under the green and the caution. But the two of them are going to slug it out for this Winston Cup championship. And we've got just about 50 laps to go. Make that 40, oh, 42 laps, 46 laps to go as our calculator fails us here. 46 to go here in the Atlanta Journal 500. 56. I'm going to go take a math lesson and be right back. Darrell Walter right now out front and the Alabama gang trying to ride him down. Bobby Allison rides in the second position. Neil Bonnet hangs on to third. Fourth is Richard Petty and fifth is Harry Gant. Back in sixth position is Joe Rutman. Seventh should be Tim Richmond and eighth would be Buddy Baker and those eight cars still posted on the lead lap. Dave Marcus is the ninth position. He's one lap off the pace along with Benny Parsons in 10th and Terry Labonte in 11th spot. Then comes Mark Martin and Ricky Rudd. We've been caution free here at Atlanta for about the last 100 laps after eight caution flags up until the 185 lap mark. We've had caution free racing and a chance for all the teams to make one pit stop under green. Down behind pit wall, they put a new left front spindle on Jeff Bodine's car and that Spectrum Furniture Pontiac. He is set to return to the race many laps down, but still battling Mark Martin for Rookie of the Year honors. Looks like Martin will pick up the 10 points from Champion Spark Plugs and the $500 that go with that honor today, the way things are running right now. As Harold Waltrip comes across the line, he is seven seconds ahead of Bobby Allison and about eight seconds ahead of Neil Bonnet. Let's go to the garage and Jerry Punch. Well, we caught up with Bill Elliott, the driver of the Meddling Cool Thunderbird. Bill, a super run today. The car was up in the hunt all afternoon. Well, we had a little bit of trouble our one time. We caught down a right front tire, and I got a little bit behind. We had to make a couple of extra pit stops, and I got in the back. But I, the car runs so good, I just it was just easy. I just worked my way back to the front, and I would just kind of wait and see what was going on, and then I had an engine evidently seize up. Well, along with you being in one battle on the speedway, your pit crew also was in a battle with that Angus All-Ram Proto Pit Crew Championship, which you're leading. Yeah, we're, we'll have to go to Riverside and try to finish that one up. Well, Bill Elliott, I'm over here in Atlanta. Tough break for him, too, because he did have a good shot to win the race this afternoon, and I don't think it's going to be too much longer that they can keep this young man out of victory lane. He's going to get in there sooner or later, that's for sure. 276 on the scoreboard at Atlanta Raceway. Darrell Waltrip, the leader, as we said a moment ago, seven seconds back to Bobby Allison. That's just almost a sh one of the short straightaways here. Then eight seconds back to Neil Bonnet. And Ned, do you really think they'll try to stretch this? It uh, probably all depends on what one of the top three or four do. If somebody well, really, fits. Uh, Barney, I believe that Bobby Allison, of those that are left running, is the only one that has a shot at stretching it that far because he, uh, he went a little over 100 miles on his last pit stop and only had just a fraction over 100 to go when he made that last pit stop. Bill Elliott did the same thing, but now Bill is out of it. But uh, with Darrell Waltrip 
coming in a little bit earlier. Definitely Richard Petty will have to make another pit stop and Neil Bonnet because they came in too early uh, before. So uh, I think Allison is the only one that might be able to stretch it to distance. Well, and then again, you never know, as they say. Been a pretty good battle going on back there for the last eight or ten laps for that fifth position between Harry Gant, Joe Rutman, and Tim Richmond. They've swapped that spot back and forth a couple of times as they come out of turn number four. Rutman will be up there this particular lap around as they cross the start-finish line. Gant drafts along with him. Here goes Gant underneath him. He may try to take that spot in turn one. Harry Gant draws alongside. He's there glued low to the racetrack. Tim Richmond will give him a little push. So fifth place now is Gant. Richmond moves up to sixth. Rutman gets shuffled back to seventh in the Pet Dairies car. Remember, Richmond was the guy who had fallen out of that battle by several car lengths just a few laps ago. Now suddenly he's right back up in the thick of it. He's working on Harry Gant for fifth spot. And Bobby Allison could use a hand here from Neil Bonnet. If Bonnet could catch up with Allison and hook up, perhaps they could reduce that Darrell Walter margin. But that is still sitting at seven and a half seconds. That's pretty significant here. And... Waltrip is edging closer to the Gillette Atcher Lap Leader Award. Right now, Bobby Allison has led unofficially 74 laps. Waltrip has led 60. Make that 61 as that car comes across the line one more time. Dick Emmerich stops into our booth. He's with Pontiac Special Events out of Pontiac, Michigan. I know you're headed to West Palm Beach for a rather excitement-beginning item that's going to take place next Wednesday. Uh, that's right, Mike. Really looking forward to it. We're hosting uh, our top 129 dealers from across the country to a special business conference down West Palm and uh, unveiling to them a, a special Trans Am for 83. And uh, then we're going up to Daytona and oh, we've got deal with the media. Turn four. The number six machine is spinning. A DK Ulrich has hit the wall, backing up and against the concrete. The rest of the field coming through. And oh, a near miss is just barely. The Dick May machine missed DK Ulrich by not more than a couple of inches. The car is down out of harm's way. And smoking on the infield, Yellow will come out on the speedway. Hey, Richard Petty and that Pontiac, the maneuverability of that Grand Prix helped him a whole lot there, too, because he almost T-boned that car as it's coming down, but he made the right move, went high on the track, and got by. That's the second close call for Richard. He almost collected Travis Tiller when Tiller spun up in between turns three and four on the 137th lap. That'll make Richard already a candidate for the peak coolest move of the race award when we vote on that later on in the broadcast. We are under the ninth caution of the day, coming out on the 283rd lap here at Atlanta International Raceway. D.K. Ulrich spinning up, hitting the wall up in turn three. That car has come to rest down on the apron between turns three and four. We were visiting with Dick Emmerich here in the booth. Pontiac about to announce their new commemorative pace car, the 25th anniversary of Daytona International Speedway pace car that will be unveiled to the motoring press or, and to the Pontiac dealers in the showing Wednesday at Daytona International Speedway. That's a really interesting car. It has some really neat graphics that I think will appeal to a lot of people. Uh, you're certainly right, Mike, and uh, the people will be able to pick up on it in the magazines and uh, literature at their dealerships very soon. It's got some special uh, aero package on it that Mike brings it down to uh, close to a 0 0.30 drag coefficient, the lowest of any car uh, that we know about in mass production. Certainly an interesting car, and you can look for that in the magazines. And then along about January, when we head for Daytona, you'll be able to see that car at your Pontiac dealers. No, you got some folks listening back home today. Sure do. Uh, Mike, we've got tons of them now. Uh, a new radio uh, coverage is picking up from MRN by uh, Detroit's best country station, WCXI. And uh, we know a lot of the Pontiac folks are uh, listening in today. and. 
And it's the Motor City, Mike. It, that's what it's all about, cars up there. And we're really excited that uh, a giant station to, like WCXI uh, has picked it up. And while I'm down here anyway, Mike, I'm going to say hi to my kids uh, since I'm missing them this weekend. Hi, Chad, Julie, and Katie. I've got to get back down on the grandstands, Mike. There's some great racing about to start. Okay, Dick, we'll move you out because we're about to interview the hot dog man next. He'll be along. D.K. Ulrich spinning up at turn number three and hitting the wall has brought out this, the ninth caution of the day. Let's go up to Dave Spain. Situation being cleaned up here at turn three. D.K. is all right. He walked out, climbed out of the race car, walked to the ambulance, and is being hauled back now to the infield. He is okay. The car is crunched on both ends. It appeared something let go at the entrance to turn three. There was a lot of smoke from under the car, perhaps a tire, or it could have been internal and engine problem. In any case, DK had no choice. It came away from him and spun into the wall twice. Richard Petty and Dick May doing excellent jobs of getting by. DK is on his way back to the infield, but he is okay. Well, that round of pit stops has kind of bunched everybody right back up, and for a report on that, let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, everybody came in and put on what they'll call their best shot, Barney, with four new tires, make any adjustments. They did make an adjustment on the Ford number 21 that Neil Bynard is driving. Uh, Allison's car was a little bit far away, but that car's been working so well here today, we couldn't imagine them making much of a change on it, nor Waltrip's way his car has been running. But I'll tell you, it's going to be some kind of a shootout from here on at the end because they got everything fresh on the cars that they could put on them to make this... Uh, dash run here to the finish. Harry Gant is sitting on pit row with a hood up and it looks like there's an overheating problem on that car so that's going to cost him some time and maybe any chance he had at winning here this afternoon but it has indeed bunched the field right back together and added a complete new element to the finish of this one with just not that many laps remaining to go. The cars we've got on the lead lap, Darrell Waltrip in the green and white, Junior Johnson prepared Mountain Dew Buick is at the head of the field Running right behind him, Neil Bonnet under this caution flag in the Warner Hodgson Wood Brothers Ford. Bobby Allison sits third in the Diegard Gatorade Buick. The other cars that are on the lead lap lined up there behind the pace car include Richard Petty, who would unofficially be the next car in line. In that position, right behind Petty would be the Tim Richmond automobile. And also on the lead lap, Harry Gant, Joe Rutman, and Buddy Baker. One lap down, the ninth place car, Dave Marcus, Benny Parsons, 10th, and Terry Labonte, 11th. In the 12th spot, two laps off the pace, Mark Martin, followed by Ricky Rudd. And here's Baker making the left turn to the garage. So his last ride for Harry Rainier in the Pontiac Grand Prix, prepared by Waddell Wilson, will come up short. He was one of eight cars on the lead lap, and now there are seven as Baker goes to the garage area to think about his shot next year to drive for the Wood Brothers. 288 laps completed as Baker coasts into the garage with that Pontiac Grand Prix, and the pace car has them up in front of turn two, and we're going racing, looks like, next time by, Barney. Well, as the field gets ready to go back to green here, Buddy Baker has just made that hard left turn into the garage area. It's been a good track for Buddy Baker, but it's kind of been hard for him to get it done here, it seems like. I've won here twice. Uh, one time with Bud Moore and one time with the Rainier Racing Team, and... Uh, this type of racetrack, you can be completely out of the race, and all of a sudden you'll inherit it. Or one one time in Bud's car, I just uh, lapped the field and won the race easy. But it, it's never the same type of race twice because it is so much corner here that uh, if you're handling, you make everybody look like you're just beginning. And if you're not handling, I don't care how much effort you put into it, you're not going to run well. Buddy Baker won't be around for the finish of this one. We're under green again as we get ready to go to the checkered flag here. 
Walker is the leader. Bonnet rides second. Allison is third, and they're nose to tail, heading for one. So right now, it's going to be single file till they sort themselves through race traffic. Walchip among the leaders. He's at the point. Neil Bonnet going second. Bobby Allison third. That is a sweep past us. Richard Petty is right there, jostling for fourth spot. Bonnet and Allison, the Alabama gang, hooked up second and third. That'll be interesting as they go to work on Waltrip. Got a couple of allies there working together. Richard Petty right back in the thick of it. That's interesting, too, after he was a lap down. Seven cars on that lead lap, and they are nose to tail as they come back to the start finish line, and the laps wind down, 291 on the board. Waltrip leads them back into turn one. The front four just glued together. They try and pull away just a mite. Meanwhile, Joe Rutman, Jim Richmond get together. They'll continue in the fourth and fifth spot. Off turn two, single file. Neil Bonnet now. He's squirrely off the turn. He gathers it back in. He gathered it up and got back into line. Meanwhile, Bonnet uh, is in second spot. He's got Allison behind him, and Allison got out of the throttle to give Neil a little room and let him get back in there. The lead quartet trying to pull away from Rutman, who rides fifth. Stacy's uh, Tim Richmond car is sixth. That fifth, sixth, seventh place car trying to chase down the leaders, but they're drafting so tightly, nobody making any move up front because if they do pull out door to door, it's going to put three more cars right in that finish. They're back to Eli Gold. So again, everybody just stabilizes right there watching the leaders. They've got the new tires on as they scream past us. Richard Petty looks to the inside. Is there anything there? Gave it up. He went back into single file formation. Neil Bonnet is the guy who has re-emerged here. Bonnet ran up front early on, but then for most of this race, he's been back in the pack now. Suddenly, there he is again when it counts. Well, it's a six-car shootout right now. NASCAR telling us that the 75 car of Joe Rutman has been penalized a lap for running the stop sign down at the end of pit road during that last caution period. So uh, we'll double-check that, but we believe he is off the lead lap, and that will make it a six-car shootout, four of which are right in front of Eli Gold. No one makes a move this time, though. Richard Petty again took a little peek to the inside. Now here goes Allison. Allison coming out to breathe the car, perhaps to try to put a move indeed, to put a move on Bonnet. He dips down low. It looks like he'll try to take the low line around and perhaps get a shot at Walter for the lead. Well, we may find out who has the strongest car. Bobby Allison has chased him down three different times this afternoon from back in the pack and grabbed the lead. This time he moves around Richard Petty, pulls up on Darrell Waltrip down in turn one. So again, it's the classic confrontation. Waltrip leads the point race. He is ahead of Allison on the racetrack now. Off turn two, nose to tail. This time nobody makes a move. Neil Bonnet trying to hang on. He's down by three car lanes. Bonnet may have lost something in the car there because when Allison went, Richard Petty went with him. Bonnet could not hold either one of them off and has now lost about five or six car lengths to that lead draft. 33 laps to go in the Atlanta Journal 500. Smoke when they in turn four. Benny Parsons almost lost it. It was tire smoke. He got her sideways, gathered it back in. Meanwhile, back towards turn one, Bobby Allison had an idea, but he'll tuck right back in behind Darrell Walchip. Though it's Walchip, Allison, Richard Petty, and then three and a half, maybe four car lanes back to Neil Bonnet. They'll come off the second corner and straighten on the back stretch. Parsons has slowed down in turn number one and gone to the track apron. That may not have been tire smoke as Parsons was running in the top ten in the ninth spot. They've finished every race they've started for the Wayman of Bruton team in the top ten. Looks like this won't be one of those days. 300 laps have just flashed on the board. There are 28 laps remaining in the Atlanta Journal 500. Darrell Walker is the leader. Bobby Allison is second. Richard Petty is third. Just about a half a car length between those front three, then make it about six car lengths back to Neil Bonnet, the fourth place car. Don't count Bonnet out. He won this race here a year ago, and he felt like coming into the race today, this might just be their track. And if we've ever been to a place that's kind of ace in the hole for us, it's Atlanta. I've been very fortunate here. And they've won 11 races this racetrack, and the next closest person is six. So they've got a combination here that's, if the thing runs all day, you got a real good chance to win the race. 
He's been right up there all afternoon long, although right now he's about six or seven car lengths back in fourth position, far from being out of the chase. Here come the leaders out of turn number four, back down to the line. And this crowd has been standing most of the afternoon. In fact, I don't think they've sit down more than 50 laps of the 300 that we've completed here all day long. It's been that kind of a race. By far the best race we've ever seen in Atlanta. It's heating up in turn two. It's again Bobby Addison looking to the inside of Darrell Waltrip, but he was just breathing the automobile a bit. They tuck in single file. Bonnet has not lost any ground after that initial surge by Allison and Petty that cost him second spot. He's been able to hold right on, and it's kind of inexplicable what might have happened to Neil Bonnet there. He seems perfectly happy to run where he is right now. Neil Bonnet first won this race in 1979. In 1980, he finished second, and last year he won it, and he is coming on strong as they head for turn number one. It's going to be a four-car battle for the lead. Neil Bonnet trying to chase down the top three automobiles. Richard Petty has closed in right behind Bobby Allison. It's again virtually a nose-to-tail battle as they work the back stretch. Not only is the motivation about equal on that lead trio, but factors like skill and experience and the veteran teams that are involved here all pretty much equal in that lead three cars. It'd be mighty tough to pick one to win it. Front four out of turn number four, back down to the line as the laps are winding down. Ned, you got a pick in this four, or is it just anybody's race? Well, I think it's just anybody's race, uh, Barney, but certainly it's show and tell time, no question about that. All of those cars have shown a lot of strength here this afternoon, but I believe that it'll go down between either Bobby Allison or Darrell Waltrip, and now they begin to pull away a little bit. They tighten up that draft out of the second corner and down the back chute in front of Dave Despain, and they have opened up some separation. Turn two, it seemed like Richard Petty lost a little speed all of a sudden and uh, dropped back to about where Bonnet was. Meanwhile, the leaders go side by side. Look at Allison's move high on the outside, doing it the hard way. He saw a slow car in front of him. He moved around and left this lap, but it's still side by side into turn one. So here in the corner, it's going to be Allison going to the high side. Waltrip seems to give just a mite. Allison has the lead. Here comes Waltrip right back low on the racetrack. He can't make the move. Allison's in front, but Waltrip tries him to the inside again, but nothing there. Remember back about mid-race when for a half a dozen laps, Bobby Allison went up and ran way up on the top of the racetrack. That's right where he made the pass. Perhaps he learned something back then and used it here at a crucial moment. He has been running up there most of the afternoon on a given occasion, and he could hold his own there, and he saw a little daylight, and he took advantage of it. Now let's see what Waltrip does. Here he goes down to the inside in turn one. But Bobby Allison out pulls him, and now Richard Petty had an idea, but again, Neil Bonnet will shut that idea down as Bonnet will pass inside of Richard Petty, take third place away, while Allison scoots off by a car length and a half. Well, I tell you, they have kicked out the jams. These guys are going after it. The leader, Allison, second place, Waltrip, third, is Bonnet, fourth is Richard Petty, and they are all over the top of one another. Out of turn four, everyone sticks right on the low side of the racetrack. Comes up high off turn number four and down the front stretch. Allison's got a four-car length lead. Waltrip, just half a car like the head of Neil Bonnet. Richard Petty right there watching, waiting. They're back in turn one. I get everybody kind of, it's an eerie feeling. You know something's going to give and nothing has quite yet. They're off turn two, passing us single file. Allison up by three and a half car lanes. That issue of who's led the most laps continues to assert itself. And Allison obviously wants to put a few more laps in the book and stay in front of Waltrip just as long as he can. It's the last one that counts. But for those guys, the points are all critical. Just about a car length between the front four right now. As they come back to the line, Allison is the leader, Waltrip second, Bonnet third, Petty fourth. I asked Darrell yesterday, this racetrack doesn't look all that hard, but he says you have to be awfully careful in the turns. You can run pretty hard here. Uh, it's real easy to mess up here, though. You can overdrive this racetrack because you have such big turns here that you can just drive the car in and in and in and in and into the corner before you let off. 
and then when you finally let off, it upsets the car so badly because you drove it in too hard. So it's a mixture of driving pretty uh, hard, but not too hard. At the Atlanta Raceway, Richard Petty has hit the wall up in turn four. Let's go to Dave Despain. He got her sideways, Barney. He kept it off the wall. Petty took two other cars with him. The number 67 machine, I believe, of Buddy Arrington, one of those involved, and also number 48, Lenny Pond. They both spun trying to miss Petty. Richard has stopped. The other two have continued. Richard Petty will not win the Journal 500. And it will bring out the ninth, tenth caution flag of the afternoon here at Atlanta and bunch that field right back together. Don't think you'll see much of a contest for the Goodies Headache Award today. Petty certainly in contention to win, as he was here in the spring when Richard wound up in the second spot to Darrell Waltrip as they raced out of turn number four to the caution flag for rain. As the field comes around under caution, everyone will go to pit road to top off the tanks for the final run to the checkers. Allison, Waltrip, Neil Bonnet, the contenders. Here's Harry Gant and Tim Richmond all coming onto pit road in front of Ned. And they will also change tires on them, too, Mike, because, as we've mentioned earlier, those cool, fresh tires will run faster, stick to that pavement a little better, so they can't take any chances now with just 14 laps to go. they got to put on their best shot once again, as they did about uh, 20 laps to go. They're going to the inside on the, the Junior Johnson Mountain Dew car, and let's see, it looks like they're going to make a four-tire change on Bobby's car, and Ned, you and I yeah. were just talking there. Daryl's car, not quite as strong in the corners just before that caution came out as Bobby. It seemed like he was having a little more trouble keeping it right on the bottom of the racetrack and we saw Bobby make that move on the outside and then after he moved into the front he was able to keep that car right down on the apron and I'll tell you that's the sign of a good handling automobile when Walter was coming up behind him his car would drift just a little bit higher in the turns but you have to take into consideration he was running in the draft and sometimes that'll cause him to do that but Walter has beat uh, Allison back out of the pits now so Bobby's gonna have to do that pass all over again. 314 laps down, or just 14 laps to run here in the Atlanta Journal 500. Many of the folks who today thought that Richard Petty's losing string, which runs to 39 races, might end, will go home a bit disappointed. But certainly, what a battle it is in store here among the cars that are on the lead lap. Waltrip, Allison, Neil Bonnet, Harry Gant, and Tim Richmond are the cars that are on the lead lap. Now, Joe Rutman, who had been penalized a lap for running the stop sign at the end of Pitt Road, is sitting just behind the caution car, and he is at the tail end of the lead lap. He is now elected to pit, so he will still be a lap down, we believe, when they drop the green on this one once again. The wreckers hook up to Richard Petty's STP Pontiac up at turn number four. Buddy Arrington and Lenny Pond in the James Hilton car were both able to continue. Well, after that round of pit stops and a four-tire change all the way around, they're ready to go and set this one up for probably the most exciting finish we've ever seen in Atlanta. Standing by in the garage area, and a gentleman who'd like to be in on that was Benny Parsons. Benny had to park the Wayman and Bruton uh, racing Buick. Uh, what was the problem? Uh, something happened to the engine, Jerry. I really don't know what. I come off the corner, and the engine just let go. No warning. So we had to park. You've had some good luck in this year, this year in that car, and of course an announcement last night was very popular among your fans and of course uh, with you. Well, that's right. We are going to run again next year, 16, 18 races in the Wayman and Bruton car. Uh, and uh, everything looked, today I felt like that we had made as much progress as we have all year. This is about the fifth race, and I really felt like the car was as competitive today as it has been. Well, Benny Parsons out of it here in Atlanta. Sure, does he have a headset on? He sure does, Barney. Benny, you ran against Bobby and Daryl out there. If you had to pick who's going who's gonna to win this when they're running first and second right now, what would be your pick, or would there? I'd call it a Mexican standoff. I think you're right. 
will be going back to green in one lap as they come down across the start-finish line. 317 are being posted on the board. Bobby Allison's the leader. Walter Bright second. Bonnet is third. As they shuffle back off into turn number one, it'll be a double-file restart. And as you heard Benny Parsons say, I think anybody here who's watched this one this afternoon would flip, wouldn't even flip a coin for the difference. That's how tight these two cars are. But by far, don't say those are the only two that are in there to win this one. Don't count out about four or five other cars. Well, let's make it at least three more. Neil Bonnet's right up there as they move over to Eli Gold. And Harry Gant, of course, lined up right behind Neil Bonnet and Tim Richmond right behind the Skull Bandit automobile. So things aren't quite tight. The field rumbles by us now. Those remaining survivors, the... Amber light is off on top of the pace car, so uh, this field is getting set for the restart. It's been an outstanding race, and I think the very best is yet to come. It's been four years since Neil Bonnet finished worse than second in this race. He won in 79 and 81, finished second in 1980, and he certainly wants to get a piece of this one, one of his last rides for the Wood Brothers team. As the pace car, the Mazda RX-7, stretches them out up in turn number three in front of Dave Despain. Bobby Allison on the point. Darrell Walter right behind him. Last time by Walter kind of pulled up alongside. They ran uh, door post to door post here. Comfortable yellow lap, uh, yellow pace lap speed. Looking over at one another, sizing one another up, and knowing that that green flag is about to fly on their battle for the Grand National Championship. Field out of turn number four. Harold Kinder still has the green in hand. Now he waves it as they're just out of the fourth corner and they come down to the line and it's all in the box right now. Let's see how this one's going to finish. Bobby Allison heads for turn number one and Waltrip tries to get underneath him. But there's nothing there for the moment. But Waltrip steps on the button. Bobby Allison tries to shut it down on him. Allison's car is going to drift a bit higher off turn two. Waltrip will stay low. Neil Bonnet behind Waltrip, but they're going to go single file for the moment off turn number two. Everybody wanted to make that move. Nobody did. Allison still has the spot. Walter is second, Bonnet third. Harry Gant is next in line as the lead quartet peel off into the 24-degree banking of turn three. Allison in front. They'll run nose to tail at least for a lap or two and try to pull away from as many of the other cars on that lead lap as they can because if they get up there and do much dicing, it's going to allow Neil Bonnet and everybody else to catch up with them. They're back in turn two. Definitely different lines coming into the turn. Waltrip is looking low. Then he tucks in. Now he goes high. And Neil Bonnet has an idea. Bonnet is going to try and take second place away from Waltrip. I'm not sure Waltrip wanted to go up there. In fact, Bonnet is underneath him. And Darrell Waltrip has lost second spot for the moment to Neil Bonnet. He'll try to come back around the outside, but that's a break for Allison. Waltrip, bottom of the racetrack trying to hold the handle. Here comes Waltrip up on the high side. Tim Richmond makes it three wide at the start finish line. As he gets under Harry Gant, can he stay there in turn one? Tim Richmond is staying low. Waltrip goes high. Gant is going to be sandwiched. Meanwhile, Allison pulls away by eight and a half car lengths. Neil Bonnet is second. Waltrip third. It's Richmond battling Gant for fourth and fifth. Allison's thanking somebody for the silver platter. They have just handed him a ten car length lead here. Bonnet is second. Waltrip third. In fourth is Gant. Richmond now going single file back in fifth spot, but all that shuffling was a break for Bobby. As they come back out of turn four, that move that Neil Bonnet made, Ned, might have just put the icing on the cake for Bobby. It certainly didn't hurt him as a bit in the world, Barnum, because anytime two cars run side by side for just a moment, it gives that car out in front the opportunity to move away, and certainly Bobby Allison was there to take every opportunity, and the way that car is working right down on the bottom of that racetrack, he's pulled away now. They're out of his draft, and they're racing for second now. That's going to be more to his advantage. And Waltrip is really under the gun. He wants that second spot. He has taken it back from Neil Bonnet. Strong straightaway speed for Darrell Waltrip as he hammers down on the low side of Neil Bonnet. Waltrip now has a clear sight on Bobby Allison as they come off the fourth corner, but the distance, Allison crosses the stripe. It's more than a second. And behind, 
Waltrip, the race goes on for third. It's again Neil Bonnet. He has side-by-side -side visitors in Harry Gant. You'd think those four cars would want to stay single file and try and chase down Allison. They don't. It's going to be Waltrip in second now with Gant in third, Richmond battling Bonnet. A little more than five laps left for Bobby Allison. He's got to be thanking his stars for all that shuffling behind him. Waltrip, however, has a shot at him now. He's got a clear racetrack between him and Bobby Allison. Out of the fourth corner is just about a second separation back to the number two spot of Darrell Waltrip. And right now, the draft is working for both Harry Gant and Darrell Waltrip as they run nose to tail. Smoke out of the car of 21 as they head back into turn number one, and it may be all for Neil Bonnet. Neil Bonnet is on the low side of the racetrack. Richmond goes by. So does everybody else. Neil Bonnet slows it down as it's Allison coming off the turn two, up by 10 car lanes. No more Alabama gang out there now. It's Bobby all by himself, his ally. Bonnet has gone to the sidelines, and it is Waltrip with Harry Gant in tow, trying to draft down the leader here as the laps run out. Richard Petty, Neil Bonnet in challenging positions, and it is up in smoke. What a frustrating day today for them. But up front it is Allison, and he is extending the margin. Gant and Waltrip are now drafting along, trying to catch him. But, of course, the scoreboard shows 324. The event is 328 laps. Allison passes us. Now Waltrip and Harry Gant come by. But it's still a good 10-car length of an advantage. A lot of smoke, a pall of smoke hanging over turn three here. But Neil Bonner was able to get his smoking car down on the apron. We'll see no yellow flag. They should be able to race it to the finish. And Gant is trying to put a move on Waltrip. That's where the race is right now as Bobby Allison pulls away from those two. Gant will get the spot as they come out of turn number four and back to the line with three laps to go. Gant moves in to the number two position. Walker back to third. Fourth is Tim Richmond. They're in turn one. Tim Richmond not really a factor right now. He's running in a comfortable fourth. The third place battle, or at least the second place battle, Harry Gant leading Darrell Waltrip, passing us nose to tail. Still Allison comfortably in front. Those four cars that were involved before Petty and Bonnet went out all looked pretty equal. It's a surprise to see Bobby Allison pulling away from Harry Gant and Darrell Waltrip, but he had his when it counts late in the race. Photo finish camera is in position. Looks like it'll be for second spot instead of for the lead. Here comes Allison across the stripe. He has even further extended his margin, making about 15 car lengths on the race for second. So Bobby Allison continues to pull away. The car's running equally well on the racetrack, but it's Gant now. In second, Waltrip going third. Richmond still in fourth. They're on the back stretch. Boy, it's going to be fun to be at Riverside. If Allison wins this and Waltrip finishes third, that's really going to make it a tight point race as they move into that finale and Waltrip's not having any luck at all getting around Harry Gant. Waltrip dropping back a little bit on Gant, as a matter of fact, as they come out of the number four corner. Allison is in front by a full second. Gant is in the second spot. Riding third is Waltrip. He's lost another two car lakes to Harry Gant. This will tighten it up. They're back in one. So Harry Gant, we've talked about him in passing today, but all of a sudden he's right there battling. He's in second spot. He's closing just an eyelash on Bobby Allison, but not much at all as they're on the back stretch. Allison making that final charge into turn three, and boy, he's got it handled. Splits the racetrack like a die right down the middle. Gant with Waltrip in tow off turn four. They are heading for the checkered flag this time. Bobby Allison brings him out of the fourth corner. Gant will close it down to about 10 car lengths, but he won't make it. And Bobby Allison will win the Atlanta Journal 500. Gant will finish second, about 10 car lengths back. Then Waltrip in third and fourth is Tim Richmond. We'll be going to Victory Lane with Ned Jarrett in just a moment. First, let's pull our MRN broadcast crew. $250 for the peak coolest move of the race award, Eli Gold. Well, a couple of quick thoughts. I thought Bill Elliott was very much deserving of some accolades. Also, J.D. McDuffie in front of us when he had problems. Did a remarkable job keeping his car straight. But I like what Richard Petty managed to do up there in turn number three when D.K. Ulrich's automobile uh, spun. Uh, Richard finally getting through through all the smoke and all and uh, 
for the day he put in, maybe deserving of the, the Goodies Award, too. Let's give him the peak vote from here. Davis Bain. I got a feeling he's going to get the Goodies Award. I would go along with DK and also with Lenny Pond for missing Richard Richard when he spun up here in three and four. But I think it's got to be Patty for keeping out of those two accidents. That was two very cool moves. Barney. It's going to be hard for me to say. I, I would have to go along with with uh, J.D. McDuffie because he did make a, a very good move, and I, I think I'd cast my vote for J.D. I'd, I'd go along, and that's, we'll make it 2-2, two to two and we'll have to go to Ned Jarrett for the tiebreaker, but I'd say that J.D. had a cool move there. That could have been quite a multi-car collision when he lost that engine and was able to put it under control. Ned, you want to break the tie? Well, I guess I'll have to. Do I have any choice? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, there have been so many cool moves here. I think Bobby Allison would certainly deserve a call when he went high around Darrell Waltrip and made that pass up there before that last caution came out. But Richard Petty certainly did, too. But, uh, you know, we very seldom don't get to do that much for a fellow like J.D. McDuffie, so I think I'll cast my vote in that direction. So J.D. McDuffie will take home $250 from Peak Antifreeze and Coolant. Perhaps they shouldn't have voted for the Goodies Headache Award before Neil Bonnet lost his engine while challenging for the lead, but they did. Well, Richard Petty will come away with a Goodies Headache Award here this afternoon, and you, they both got to have big headaches after being in contention to win and having the, a real good shot at going to victory lane this afternoon and watch it go up in smoke. But Richard Petty has been voted the Goodies Headache Award of $500. Well, that's $500 to help cure his headache, and maybe one of those 55-gallon drums of Goodies Headache powders will find their way to level cross. Let's go to victory lane with Ned. Well, Bobby Allison has unbuckled and crawled out of the Gatorade machine. We'll be getting to him in just a moment. The rest of the Gatorade crew are beginning to come in. We're looking for Gary Nelson here right now, but Gary hasn't made his way up to the to the front of the car. But Bobby's uh, parents have moved into Victory Lane and, and the whole family coming in here, so it's going to be a happy occasion. We'll be back with you in just a moment. Marty, we've called up here in the garage with Harry Gann. Harry, congratulations on a good run here in Atlanta. Yeah, we was lucky. We had so much trouble all day that uh, I feel like we was real lucky to run second. Of course, a lot of cars had bad luck, but it was our good fortune today that we finally ended up okay. Seemed like during the middle of the race you seemed to drop back a little bit. Was you just sort of saving the car or did you have any problems? No, we had some problems there with it. Uh, we had some a tire that was about halfway equalized, you know, and uh, just couldn't hook up at all. It just got real bad. So we had to keep working. All day we had a, a pretty big problem with one thing or another, getting it hooked up and had a bad vibration and it shook the mirror out of the car and a, went to the post to hold it and, you know, and it, and it got hot. The water got away. We had to put water in it, so we're just real lucky. Well, we have caught up with Bobby Allison here now in Victor Lane. A big smile on his face. Congratulations, Bobby. Well, thanks a lot, Ned. Uh, boy, what a great feeling. The crew worked so hard for me all day long, and really we had things going our way several times, and uh, the race, the way the race would go, it would back it up into a terrific show for the fans, I'm sure, but uh, old Gatorade came on through. Bobby, I may comment, when you made that pass on Darrell, went high up there, you tested that several times during the afternoon, knew that your car would work up there, but it also worked exceptionally well on the low part of the racetrack. Well, that's true, Ned. I did uh, have a, the, uh, the advantage of having a car that would work high or low in turn three and four, and I'm sure their car didn't, uh, uh, it didn't handle near as good. So, uh, you know, I had that advantage, and then uh, there at the end, when, uh, when I had to clear track in front of me, I was able to use the bottom and go fast and uh, put a little distance between me and them. Well, unofficially, you picked up 15 points here today, so it would be 22 separating you and Darrell Walter as you go to the last race of the season, the Winston Western 500 at Riverside in two weeks. A little better shape than you were in a year ago when you left Atlanta. Well, that's true, Ned. And uh, for right now, the whole uh, Gatorade Die Guard racing team uh, 
It, we'll take that 22 uh, deficit and we'll go there and race them. Well, that's what's going to come up. Congratulations again on this win. Thank you. Quick look at the top 10. Mike, let's if, I could, if I could break in this for a moment, I'm standing here with Daryl Walter. Daryl, first, congratulations on a good run today. Well, we, you know, we did, a, uh, the crew did a good job and everybody worked real hard and, uh, you know, you just can't win every race and uh, we, we're tickled to death to be third. We're, we're glad we finished. We wanted to go out of here with some kind of point lead and 22 points looks big to me. Well, Bobby was saying that he tested the all afternoon trying to get around you high and low, and it appeared that uh, going high was the way to go. Well, it appeared to me that out of the down the pit road was <laughs> where the difference was. We uh, we had a good stop. I felt like I might have beat him out of the pit, but then uh, they put him in front of me, and the car pushed a little bit. The first couple of laps allowed Harry to get around me and Bonnet, and I had to work around them. And by then, Bobby had a big advantage. I knew I wasn't going to catch him. I thought I might be able to beat Harry, but as I said. I'm thrilled to death to finish this race, finish third, led some laps, and I felt very competitive. 22 points going to Riverside. Uh, I guess you, you never change any strategy. I guess you're just going to go the way you are all, all year long? It wouldn't really make a whole lot of difference if it was 22 or 122. You know, you got to go out there and, and think race. We've thought race all summer long, and that's how we got here. And if we're going to beat them, that's how we're going to have to do it, out there on the racetrack, not, uh, not around here in the pit somewhere. Well, Darrell Walter finishing third here in Atlanta. Well, Bobby Allison in victory lane here this afternoon, defeating Harry Gant by about three to five car lengths, somewhere in that range as they came across the line. Finishing third, Darrell Waltrip. Tim Richmond had a good fourth place finish this afternoon. Joe Rutman was fifth. He was a lap off the pace. Dave Marcus being posted as a sixth place car, also a lap down. Two laps down in seventh position, Ricky Rudd. Eighth, Terry Labonte. Ninth was Rodney Combs. Tenth is Mark Martin. Eleventh, Neil Bonnet. Lenny Pond will finish in 12th position. Jimmy Means, 13th. Buddy Arrington, 14th. Richard Petty, 15th. Philip Duffy finishes in 16th position. Bobby Walwack in 17th. 18th is Travis Tiller. The 19th position going to Jeff Bodine. Benny Parsons finishing 20th. Buddy Baker, 21st. Daryl Sage, 22nd. D.K. Ulrich, 23rd. Bill Elliott, 24th. Morgan Shepard comes home in 25th position. Tommy Gale and Dick May posted the 26th position, both relief driving in that car at different times this afternoon. 27th spot goes to Rick Wilson. 28th position to Jody Ridley. 29th will go to Lake Speed. 30th spot to J.D. McDuffie. 31st to Kyle Petty. Ron Bouchard will finish 32nd. Marty Robbins, 33rd. Dale Earnhardt, 34th. 35th to Cale Yarborough. 36th to Jerry Bowman. 37th position to Joe Boer. 38th spot to Donnie Allison. 39th, Glenn Jarrett. And in 40th spot, Steve Moore. A lot of bombshells were dropped this weekend. Warner Hodgson buying half of Junior Johnson's operation. Several new driver crew chief pairings for 1983. And as a wasp invades our booth and doesn't get killed, we'll tell you about Daytona the 500. Has announced a million-dollar purse for Speed Week's 1983 and the 25th silver anniversary. Daytona 500. Richard Petty remarked on Stock Car Racing's first million-dollar purse. Super deal, uh, you know, Andy, Andy pays a million dollars, you know, and everybody thinks that's a big deal, and it is. But, you know, for us, just down here in the south, I guess, and, and running stock cars and stuff, you know, uh, when I first started running a million dollars, I didn't even know quite how many figures it were, you know what I mean. And, and now that, uh, you know, that you have a purse that you can run for, you know, although naturally we're not going to win a million if we win the race, but, you know, you steal $100,000, $150,000 to win the race, and uh, is it going to make it that much tougher on the competitors because everybody's going to try everything they can, but, you know, they do to win it anyway, but when you start putting the money in the pot, then they're going to put more money in the cars. The cars are going to be that much better, and it's going to make that much better show. 
Well, the rumor mill, the point race has heated up, Barney, and so has the rumor mill. I guess one of the most interesting uh, pairings just announced involves not a traditional Winston Cup car owner or driver, but a drag racer. Well, there's a move afoot, and it was circulated through the garage area yesterday for Raymond Beadle to put together a race team, and Reggie Jackson also possibly could be involved in that deal for young Tim Richmond, and we'll kind of keep our finger on that rumor, but there's it's it's being put down. I think the sponsorship of who they end up with depends on whether it comes to be or whether it doesn't, but it's very, very likely right now it'll come together. Well, they've been calling uh, Daryl Waltrip Mr. October here. I don't know if this sport can hold both Daryl Waltrip and Reggie Jackson as personalities, but it would sure be interesting to see. That's one of the wildest but more plausible rumors that have been circulating the garage here, area here at Atlanta this weekend. And, of course, we'll try to sort it all out for you two weeks from today at Riverside, California, on the broadcast of the Winston Western 500. Be sure and get your tickets if you can be in California, or make sure your local MRN station will be carrying that race. Coming up Thanksgiving weekend at the World Center of Racing in Daytona, the new and bigger Camel GT race. It'll be the Daytona three hours, a three-hour enduro for the Camel GT racers and exotic prototypes, plus champion spark plug challenge sedan racing and Kelly American Series racing as well for the IMSA championship finale. That's Thanksgiving weekend at the World Center of Racing in Daytona Beach. Our thanks to Eli Gold, who covered turns one and two, and Dave Despain out in turns three and four today. Jerry Punch in the garage area, two-time Grand National Champion Ned Jarrett, who covered pit road. Gail Connor and Butch Owens, our statisticians, our director John McMullen, and our chief wasp killer and engineer Harry Howard. For Barney Hall, this is Mike Joy congratulating Bobby Allison on his Atlanta Journal 500 victory. We'll speak to you in two weeks from Riverside, California, as the chase from the championship comes to its climax in the Winston Western 500. This has been MRN, the Motor Racing Network, with coverage of the Atlanta Journal 500 from Atlanta International Raceway. The executive producer of MRN is Mike Joy. Chief Engineer, Harry Howard. Director of Affiliates, John McMullen. Assistants, Bobby Canner and Pat Hensley. All, employee, all personnel are employees overpaid by Motor Racing Network. Stay tuned to most of these stations for the broadcast of the Winston Western 500 from Riverside, California, two weeks from today. This broadcast has been presented by MRN, the Motor Racing Network, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This has been MRN's Throwback Thursday, brought to you by Sunoco. Also sponsored by Hercules Tire. Ride on our strength.